This week's episode is brought to you by Jason Moses. Thank you, Jason Moses. Yes, Jason, you parted the... Uh, you know what? I'm not going to make fun of your name like the, that. The Jason with the most... Yeah, the, 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 the most Jason. You uh, um, backed our Patreon campaign. Yeah, thank you, Jason. Um, he went to patreon.com forward slash DougFeedTV, kicked, kicked us a few bucks a month, and uh, helped us continue doing what we're doing for free and pay for new cool stuff mm-hmm. like games that we do for the show and equipment that we do for the show. Definitely. And uh, you know what? He probably got something back in return. Probably. Probably. Perhaps not. <laughs> There's one unlucky fan who, <laughs> who gets nothing. When you go to the link for the live stream, it's just a gif of a, a you know, under construction skull. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> just Jack Amory. No, no, no. But there's cool stuff like early access and also neat little physical things if you uh, are are at the proper tier. Yeah, and and not like early access like Steam. Like we're not releasing unedited episodes with like placeholder (laughs) music and stuff. Like they're they're just regular episodes. You just get them a day early. Yeah, it's just a file that's... Yeah. And just in place of all the music. Yeah, and all the talking. Yeah, and all the racist rants are kept in. Yeah. Yeah. So those first drafts are rough. Um, and if you want to hear what those sound like, mm-hmm. go to patreon.com forward slash DuckFeedTV. Thank you. Hey, hey Cole, do, do you think he's one of them? Yeah, yeah, I think so. I mean, he's got a, he's got a headshot portrait. Okay. Um, uh, excuse me. Uh, do, you, do you have a headshot with you? I, I couldn't help but notice. Do you mean like a 360 no-scope MLG headshot? I got plenty of them in my podcast. You might have heard of it. It's called... Cod Blops, Covert Ops, and Bunny Hops, a military shooting podcast. Get frag in your ears, jabroni! <sighs> he, no, he's not, he's not one of them. Th- thank, thank you for your time, jabroni. What, how, how about that guy over there? Uh, uh, excuse me, sir. Uh, you, you look like a podcaster. I'm sorry, no, no, no insult uh, intended. Uh, would I be right in assuming oh, that's that right. you... I want to fork co-host a Minecraft Minute. You might have heard of us. Oh, and the other thing you might have heard of is Nature Box. Nature Box is the only source for true free-range cage-free nuts. And, uh, let's wait. Where, where, where are you going? It doesn't look like we're going to gather all 108 podcasters of destiny before we have to take on the evil Joe Rogan blight and a sinister Ira Glass cannon. It might be okay. I mean, we've amassed quite the forces. Let's take a look here. Uh, roll call. Sound off. Present. Hey, guys. How's it going? Hello. Hey, guys. How's it going? Hi, fellas. Hey, guys. Checking in. All right, podcast army. It's up to us to stop the. What? What is that? Oh, it's 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 Joe Rogan. He's he's fired the glass cannon. Our studio. It's it's crumbling. There's no time. Okay, podcast allies. It's time to teach that motherfucker what it means to watch out for fireballs. <laughs> to be continued. No, uh, to no, be continued. not not no. continued. We're we're not doing that. Anymore. No.
name is Gary Butterfield. My name is Cole Ross. And you're listening to Watch Out for Fireballs. It is a retro video games podcast. And for this episode, we are talking about the first part of Suikoden 2, which is a role-playing game developed and published by Konami for the PlayStation in 1999. Yeah, and uh, you know, those of you who have played it know that Suikoden 2 is not a standard JRPG, even though it may look like one at first glance. Um, this incorporates and simplifies a bunch of different elements from a bunch of different genres into one delicious, you know, melange of... <laughs> sandwich goodness oh, a melange sandwich <laughs> yeah the gross must flow jesus <laughs> <laughs> there isn't so, a trades in here yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah that, that's that's true yeah. um so there's standard kind of top-down navigation and you do kind of flip flap flip flap <laughs> flip flap forth i got some real mush mouth today <laughs> guys so get ready for some mispronunciations <laughs> yeah um the uh between towns and dungeons uh kind of going back and forth yeah, yeah. And, uh, you know, the battles kind of take place in a standard mixed 2D, 3D that you'd expect um, from this era of JRPG. It looks mm-hmm. really nice. Uh, it's got a cool uh, kind of subdued color palette to it. What's great about those battles is you have six characters, um, and they have kind of different attack ranges, and they can attack simultaneously in what are probably the most, like, graciously streamlined fights I've seen in a JRPG. They're so quick. Yeah. It's so good. Yeah. It's so good. Um, there's also um, these kind of unite attacks. So different characters that have relationships, because there are a lot of characters, which we'll talk about. Um, if they have a relationship with each other, they can do a unite attack. So party design, you know, you think that you have so many characters, it, it gets overwhelming. But that can really kind of guide you in uh, in coming up with your roster. Yeah. Who can actually kind of synergize with each other. Yeah, getting them, getting them to fit together like that. And what's pretty great is you also have uh, runes. So instead of having a standard magic system, um, you really have like just limited options of kind of really powerful spells, um, some of which uh, have a certain number of casts per level. And so uh, that, that emphasizes this, uh, this really quick hit nature of the, of, of the fights. Right, right. And the nice thing is, you know, they have so many different characters. Um, they really simplify the, the, most of the other upgrades. So, you know, weapons, you, every character just has a weapon that you can just sharpen, um, similar to like a Dark Souls kind of thing. Yeah. And, uh, you just have a few different pieces of armor to put on. So the customization really kind of comes down to those runes mm-hmm. uh, that we mentioned. And you can kind of switch them around a little bit like, uh, materia, even though different characters have different, um, kind of abilities with magic. Yeah. So the same rune will be better with, with one person yeah. than another. And they're not just attacks. There are some that like modify the damage that you take or do or heighten other spell effects and stuff. So, yeah, they can, they can either be like they attach to equipment and they can either be active, like you use them or they can modify that equipment. Yeah. Or just modify you. Yeah. And you have like even depending on what the character is wearing, you have different uh, you know slots on them. So mm-hmm. casters will probably have uh, more slots for you to uh, chop and screw it, whereas melee yeah. attack characters might just have one on their weapon. Yeah, yeah. Um, and we mentioned those uh, the, the, so many characters in this game. It's not like Chrono Cross or whatever. There are 108 characters, uh, which effectively makes this a Pokemon game. Yeah. Yeah, so you you just kind of, um, if you want to, like, you can spend a lot of time trying to get everyone just by exploring every nook and doing kind of a little quest or just talking to people at the right time, and you can recruit them into your army. And uh, they become, they're not just party members, because they become assets in these massive battles, um, which are another part of of the game. Or they can upgrade your headquarters in a really nice touch. Yeah. I love the HQ castle, Gary. (laughs) Yeah, that's a really cool idea. Yeah. Um, I, I really like that, too. And that's roughly we're going to go a little bit past the founding of that mm-hmm. for this episode um, and then kind of cover the rest later. But uh, we do at least get to that that climax. Yeah. 
but um, recruiting different people. Like you, you recruit a guy who designs baths, and oh, all of a sudden you have a bathhouse that you can that you can like design. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And some of the stuff has mechanical kind of benefits. Some of it's like little mini games, mm-hmm. um, things like that. So that's real, real neat. Yeah. Yeah. Um, also, those massive battles, which we mentioned, um, are kind of like a Fire Emblem's tactics kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So they're strategic. They're a lot more um, involved than the, the previous game, yeah. um, which is more of just like a straight up rock, paper, scissors. This has some rock, paper, scissors elements, uh, but it's much more, um, you know, your characters have abilities and spells. It's kind of like our, like a romance of the three kingdoms kind of thing. Yeah. Almost. And, uh, you know, the, these units have like a, you know, they can get hit twice and it's possible to have permanent death. So, Mm -hmm. you know, you can lose your guys in this. Yeah. And what's great is, uh, you know, beyond, after a certain point, you know, those characters that you're putting together, they can lead squads. And if you yeah. have somebody with a rune ability, that becomes something uh, that really factors in. Uh, it's it's more of a concern in the second half of the game, like the the the, fir- the first half, like mostly those are just kind of narrative railroads. Yeah. Um, but uh, the the customization uh, customization opens way way up. It's a customization, Gary. Yeah. Yeah. So you, we both got some some pronunciation <laughs> problems today. <laughs> this will be fun. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But um, yeah, it's it's grid based and uh, they're they're nice small maps and you know there there is a little bit of like anime shouting over top of some of it. But um, yeah, I like those uh, the, the little sprite battle kind of things that take place. It reminds me a little bit of uh, Master of Orion. Oh the, yeah, the little guys are on over each other. Dudes, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just like little they're like little like little kind of kids, uh-huh. um, just kind of uh, trampling each other, <laughs> which you know plays off of one of the tragic themes of this: <laughs> little yeah. kids fighting each other. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And then, yeah, there are several characters, yeah, that will be little kids yeah. that will kill and die for you. Yes, they will. <laughs> on the opposite end of the scale from those massive battles, you have one-on-one battles, which are quite literally straight up, you know, uh, rock, paper, scissors. But they have varying levels of, uh, like, drama associated with them, right? Yeah, they're, they're rock, paper, scissors where you get kind of a minor mistranslated hint as to what the person's <laughs> going to do next. Yeah. Or, or culturally insignificant hint. Um, and these, I found these didn't always work for me yeah like th- this is way less successful than the uh, massive battles for me at least for sure um but yeah and uh the story also really uh kind of deviates um it's not kind of usual jrpg save the world stuff instead it's very political and very uh military based mm-hmm. so there's no cosmic threat or anything it's just a land in turmoil because of war and there are power grabs and and such yeah it's more uh it's more game of thrones than uh than forgotten realms yeah for sure. Uh, the development behind this actually has a pretty cool story that I didn't know about it till I did a little bit of research cursory. Uh, Konami uh, wanted to, you know, put their rookie team on developing their first RPG for the PlayStation. Uh, and so Yoshitaka Murayama, the uh, the writer for the series, uh, up to a certain point, I believe, he had this idea for a game that he wanted to make, uh, but uh, he wanted to kind of lead up to it. So he wrote a prequel for the story he wanted to tell, and that became Suikoden 1. Suikoden 2 is the game he wanted to make all along. That's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. And I wonder how much of that, I mean, that's story-wise, but I wonder how much of that is mechanical because the, mecha- the mechanically, it's also a lot more sophisticated mm-hmm. than Suikoden in one. Um, I mean, there's, they have a lot of things in common, but that battle thing is just much more fun mm-hmm. in this one. So I wonder if he had that always in, in, in mind or not. Yeah. Um, did, did you play Suikoden in one? I have played, so the, I was going to disclose this after we got this, but I'll disclose it now because it's, I've played both these games, mm-hmm. like, you know, 15 years ago. <laughs> so I remember shockingly little, yeah. um, and I'm a little bit embarrassed about it, but I played both of them and liked them a lot. It's just, it's in that like weird, 
you know, late 90s RPG haze where I played like a lot of our, like, you know, tell me what, like, I defy me to tell me what the story of Legend of Grandia is. <laughs> I played that game. I have no fucking clue, though, what. I know the basic mechanics. I have no idea what you're doing in that game. Um, so I just, I don't, I don't remember very much of it because it was a very long time ago. Yeah. It really was just an orgy of stats in uh, the late nineties. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. There, there was a lot of, and it was fun. Like I, you know, I love, I, I remember really liking it. I was really excited to come back yeah. specifically the second one because I, I played both of them, had both of them and then sold the second one for less than a King's ransom, like an idiot. <laughs> yeah. And, and, uh, I was really excited to come back to them, but I remember shockingly little. I remember that in when I was a young man, I totally tricked out my castle. I don't think I got all 108 people, yeah, but I got everything for my castle, and I don't mm-hmm. think I'm gonna I'm doing that this time. Right, I think I've right. already probably missed some stuff. Yeah, me too. But. Yeah, this is my first uh, my first encounter with this series, um, so yeah. I I'm coming at it with a very limited perspective. One thing we're gonna ask from uh, ask for from you, the listeners, is uh, is is a degree of grace. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm glad that you brought that up because that's in my like personal notes. Mm-hmm. For this as well, like we're gonna miss shit. Yeah. Um, the because uh, it's a complicated game, and there's a lot of like I can just imagine, uh, you know, like no, if you, if instead of going to the this town, then if you go back to this town, you get this guy, and you have to do this whole cool quest, and it's like, mm-hmm. well, I, I just missed it. Like I'm, I don't want to play with the guide open the whole time. Mm-hmm. You know, I want to kind of play it naturally. And uh, the nature of the show is, I don't have, you know, even if I think I'm doing a reasonable job exploring fully, I'm still not exploring fully. Right. So. So, um, you know, we, we welcome corrections and, um, you know, fleshing out of things that we talk about. But uh, this is not like Final Fantasy VII, um, where it's a relatively simplistic game and a game that we've spent a lot of time with previously. Um, yeah. This is th- th- this is a little bit more sprawling and complicated than uh, than a lot of our fare that we that we tend to go to for JRPGs. It would have been a good episode to have a guest expert on similar yeah. to when we had Brayton on, you know, on a. Yeah, Master of Orion. Mm-hmm. Um, it would be a good guest expert episode, yeah. but you know, if wishes were horses, they'd shit in trees. <laughs> blah blah blah. Um, <laughs> yes, the, uh, that is how the saying goes. Uh, you know how the saying goes. Um, <laughs> the, if, if you play the first one and you have that save data, um, mm-hmm. you can import it, and a bunch of the characters actually will return from the first game. A lot of them mm-hmm. return anyway, but they yeah. have additional dialogue, and uh, you know, there's kind of a continuity between this. This is one big cohesive world between the two games. Yeah. And that's really great because, you know, you can kind of see when somebody shows up from before, like where if there is like an assumption about their characterization, like it makes the world feel bigger. You know, it feels like you're starting the story in media res. Yeah. Yeah. And if you have played the first one, it's just like it's a treat. Yeah. You know, like just seeing seeing these kind of familiar faces, because for the most part, uh, despite what we're going to talk about next, like the characters are all pretty fleshed out. Mm -hmm. Um, You'd think that with 108 characters you would have a hard time telling the difference between them. But even though they're they're all pretty two-dimensional, they each have at least like a, you know, oh, this is the guy who likes this, and this is the guy mm-hmm. who does this, and this, you know, they do feel different enough. Yeah. Even they, if they just have one trait. Yeah, they have like a sentence that can define them. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. But, you know, even in spite of that, like you can see that the material is there, and maybe in the in the primary language, uh, it, it is very much at the forefront. But the English NTSC version of it is very poorly localized. Uh, the yeah. translation is, uh, is is pretty rough. You know, the, the the dialogue text is serviceable. Like whenever I play a game from this era, I kind of I, I, I don't pay attention to like punctuation and typos and shit. Yeah. Like I barely notice it. Um, but, uh, you know, there is some poor word choice here and there. And uh, they're like for, from whatever I haven't seen these places, but they're like areas where the text is just straight up gibberish, like placeholder. Yeah, yeah I have not gotten there yet or seen them 
um, if they are there. But yeah, you just have to be a little bit more forgiving. Yeah. It. Um, and probably maybe because of that, the game was not super well received when it first came out. So it received a limited print, uh, limited print run was never reprinted. And now it's super expensive. <laughs> um, and it has been rated for the PSN and has not shown up yet. And we were kind of doing a, a bit of a gamble, hoping to show up on the PSN before we did the the episode. And uh, sometimes when you gamble, you lose. Yeah, and you're forced to Google things. Yeah, you're you're forced to. You know, this is a game. It's a it's a game. You can't can't prove it. Yeah, yeah, it's a game. I did I did once own it. Yeah. Um. The uh, I saw a copy yeah. of it once. Yeah, yeah. And also, you know, I like save states. Mm-hmm. Um. So yeah. yeah, and I and I like playing this on a PSP. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. So, Agreed. Yeah. There are five entries in the mainline Suikoden in series, and weirdly enough, this one was ported to the PC in China in 2003. That'd be pretty good, uh, but unfortunately good. I was going to say, um, just real quick on the non-re-released tip, um, I think in Japan there is a compilation of the first two for PSP. Yes, there is. Um, like a, yeah, like a disc version, which would be that'd be rad too. Mm-hmm. Like yeah, in just the first to two. play them straight through. And you can get the first one on PSN now, mm-hmm. um, which I, I've got it on there, and that's why I, I played like a few hours of it um nostalgically when that first came out yeah but apparently the series takes a shit later on like once once it jumps to playstation 3 or playstation 2 rather yeah i've heard um like conflicting reports like some people say that they're like not as good but they're not bad um but it's funny because uh i remember reading reviews of the later ones and um a lot of the things that make them bad are things uh are the opposite of what this does and it's you know really long battle animations and just kind of like throwing out a lot of that streamlining and like mm-hmm. it is it is true that a jrpg is only as good as its battles are quick like you're <laughs> going to be spending a lot of time doing this a painless jrpg battle system is 75 percent of what you need to be a good jrpg right you know because even a great jrpg if the battles slog on like it just it's gonna at least for me it's gonna kill my patience mm-hmm. Um, and I'm interested to see where the story goes, and I'd be interested in playing the later ones, but that kind of puts me off a little bit. For sure. It seems like yeah. the series was a victim of just the general bloat and, uh, uh, let's say, malaise that the that the genre succumbed to once it jumped to PlayStation 2. Yeah. Um, this, you know, the, the, the bigger and, quote, better uh, kind, yeah. of, kind, of, kind, of a, kind of approach to it. Yeah. And, and that's, we should note even that this came out, you know— this is uh, 2D graphics mm-hmm. for, for the most part. Like, this even at the time looked like a modest— kind of product right like this is sprite work mm-hmm. you know as opposed to a, a final fantasy 7-esque uh, you know fully 3d characters mm-hmm. and you know drawing that direct comparison so you know every summer we do the jrpg uh, uh as, a, as a tradition drawing the comparison this looks so much better <laughs> than final yeah. fantasy 7 does yeah it just it just ages ages really well like yeah. moderation is great mm-hmm. like you know you can you can make a modest game mm-hmm Yep. And the, the tricks to making something look timeless are either pixels or cell shading. Yep. <laughs> and that's all. Anything else is going to look like trash. In five Even years, really good looking yes. things now are going to look like trash. Yep. You know, just go back so. and look at games that uh, were that came out right around the time the Xbox 360 came out. Yep. It's 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 real rough. Yeah, tragedy of faces. Yeah, for sure, the tragedy so, of faces. Yeah. Um, so, uh, because this is our big JRPG for the summer, we're splitting it up into two. Even though this is a shorter uh, game than some of the previous ones we've done, it would have been miserable to do this as one episode. Oh, for sure. Like it just would have been like it's not that much time, but a lot of things happen, mm-hmm. and it would have been like like a three and a half hour episode. Yeah. Like that would have been too much. Mm-hmm. Um, so instead, like having two two-hour episodes is much better, I think. Yeah. So if you're playing along, uh, we go up through to uh, Two River, 
uh, which is a, a neat little city. And that kind of is, is a good little bisection point, even though from what I understand, when we were talking with people asking what is the, the, the best place to bisect this, there's a lot of drama and a lot of uh, climaxes shortly after that. But, uh, you know, just for, for the interest of getting these generalities out and having this first episode not really be lopsided, we decided to cut off there. And it's still yeah. really, it's still really narratively satisfying, too. And we have something to look forward to. Like, uh, it's been, you know, the part that we're talking about, um, you know, that's really the climax of the game and the rest of the stuff is kind of slightly falling action. Yeah. And, uh, just doing a whole episode where it's like, well, we did the big thing, <laughs> you know, and now it's, you know, now it feels like coda. I know, I can't remember if that's exactly how it feels, but the, uh, you know, I'm, I'm happy to have that ahead of us. I'd rather start with a bang. Yeah. Like, you know, where people were suggesting kindly, kindly suggestion that we cut off uh is what the is what all of this action is building to in this first, yeah. in this first episode yep yep yeah so um what uh and and we're not going to you know kind of give a general plot because the plot's very important to this mm-hmm. um game so we're going to kind of go through with adventure game rules a little bit <laughs> but there is kind of a, an opening sequence um yeah. like kind of a setup so walk us through that cole yeah. So this game, as sequent in, as as the second in the series, uh, it takes place about three years after uh, Suikoden One. Uh, those particularly at those events, you know, there's been a tenuous peace uh, between the monarchical kingdom of Highland and uh, the city state republic of, uh, of Jousten, and that was Go the Jousten. <laughs> 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 you know that's the that, that was the uh the the tossed out title for uh for joust you know just jousting yeah. just jousting <laughs> yeah, around just jousting around yeah, yeah yeah uh but uh this is this is a conflict as old as time and uh, uh we are in kind of a lull at the start of the game yep and uh uh jen kaku a uh, great hero from the previous war has settled down in highland village of kayube and adopted a son and daughter and he trains them along with their friend jowie to uh to fight and uh, the Sun and Jowie joined the Unicorn Children's Brigade, which is <laughs> a, a terrible, like a war crime, like waiting to happen. Uh, you know, it shouldn't be. Uh, they joined the Unicorn Children. <laughs> like you can just name, like, what do we call it? We got called something to like, get the kids in. You know, like Uncle Funzie's Wartime Playhouse. Yeah. Like, <laughs> okay, <laughs> we need to recruit a bunch of dogs. The Squeak Toy Brigade. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the kids love Unicorn, so uh, so they they join the uh, the Unicorn Children's Brigade, and mm-hmm. uh, which is the focus point of Prince Luca Blight, um, which again like. Oh, should we, should we hire, you know, Justin Trueheart or Luca Blight? Yeah. You know, like just one of those names. Um, but it's, Prince, yeah, it's a sort of mon- it's a sort of monarchy corollary. Yeah, exactly. a person is only as evil as their name. Yep. Um, Prince Luca Blight's efforts to reignite the aggressions between Highland and Jouston. Yeah, yeah. He wants to uh, make this Cold War a hot one. Yes. Yeah, and that's that 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 really leads into the to the opening events, which are more chilling than they uh, than they kind of let on. I think. Yeah, it, it starts off in a really nice, uh, like point of high drama. Mm-hmm. I really like it. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so Jowie and the the main character, whose canonical name is like uh, Ryu, Ryu. <laughs> it's a, it's some some spelling of Ryu. Uh, Rio, I think. Rio, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Ryu is Breath of Fire. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's one of those. Yeah, um, very similar to that. And you're you're fighting against the uh, the city state as part of the Unicorn Youth Brigade. Mm-hmm. And uh, Dowd has surrendered your camp, or surrendered the camp to uh, your not your camp, but mm-hmm. surrendered the camp to Luca Blight. So you need to flee north to the river. Yeah, yeah. So you're just kind of like kicking it in your uh, in your plain clothes and your civvies, and uh, they, they uh, the, the you know the city state quote unquote is approaching. And so everybody's kind of trying to figure out what's happening. There's chaos in the camp. And uh, really your only option is to go to the river. 
Right, right. And you don't you don't have to. Like they introduce this thing where you're given a lot of choices in this game. <laughs> Some of which that matter, some of which that don't. Yeah. It's kind of interesting. Like, there, you know, he's like, go, you know, I, so I do the opposite. I just want to see if you can do it. Mm-hmm. So I just do the opposite of what I'm told to do. Yeah. And uh, this one's really cool because uh, if you don't go to uh, to the upper right, I can't remember what it's supposed to be towards at the time. Yeah. But if you go to the upper left, you kind of, you know, catch, uh, catch Roud in the act. Yeah. Um, and and uh, Roud, who's the commander of this, this unit, mm-hmm. a slightly older teen. <laughs> so <laughs> he's 19 yeah yeah which uh I, I don't know how i feel about that choice thing i mean I, I i like choice in game however it is it is an illusion enough of the time that it kind of makes me disregard it when it pops up yeah 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 so i, I don't know if i i never know if i'm making a uh, a trivial choice that i'm going to be forced into the right option or if i'm making a choice that will drastically affect the next few hours of play yeah, there's a lot of chaff there. And like at its at its best, you can consider it to be like a form of self-characterization, mm-hmm. you know, because sometimes the choices lead to the same thing, but one's more snarky than the other. Yeah. But it is frustrating. It's also there's um, like I feel like when you're tapping through dialogue in this game, it's very easy to accidentally make the first wrong, the first choice. Yeah. Like I click through some options on accident. Mm-hmm. And if those are one of those very important choices that can be very frustrating. Definitely. You know, it feels like it should have like a, a one button buffer, mm-hmm. you know, or if we're important choices, it should say, are you sure? Yeah. Something like that. Or do what modern games do, which I really love, which is to make a choice you have to hold for a certain amount of time. Yeah. 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 But uh, that is a losing battle going, going to a game from any era before this one with uh, yeah. the modern conveniences in mind. Uh, yeah. So it feels stupid to say. But yeah, only time travel. <laughs> if we just go back and just, and just introduce features to, to old <laughs> yeah. games. Imagine what the games look like look like now. Yeah. Ooh. <laughs> Ooh. Hmm. So, like, is that the opposite of a demake? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, 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 like a make make. Yeah. It's a, it's a, pre, a, it's a, a remake. Yeah. It's a pre-make. <laughs> the um. Yeah. I think that games would be chitty and stagnant because people wouldn't come up with these things on their own. Definitely. They would all be like frozen in two thousand seven. Yeah. I like texture. Yeah. Texture's pretty good. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but uh, the, the the choice that you're given here is whether or not to go right to bed and be attacked in the night or wander around. Yeah. yeah. And uh, so, yeah, and some of them just have little their choices that just give you like you can go see a little bit of dialogue and scene and stuff like that. Yeah. And those are usually go to bed or go watch the thing, <laughs> yeah. which I appreciate that as a streamlining thing. Like if you are literally not interested in the story, you can uh-huh. just go, you know, it's a weird thing to be. I, I also uh, I also like that as as this as being a part of, you know, you're you're playing as kids mostly and you're constantly being told to go to bed as kids yeah. often are. Yeah. As army kids are. Yeah. <laughs> but, but, but private Rio is going to get cranky. <laughs> it gives a new meaning to the to the phrase army brat. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> like what if we made a literal army of brats? Um, <laughs> brats with a z. Let's weaponize their brattiness. <laughs> Um, and not in the way the brat pack brat was a brat. Those are, those are the worst kind of brats. The kind of brattiness was already weaponized. Yeah. Um, so there's kind of an important scene. So there's chaos. The, the camp's being attacked and, uh, you get up to there, this cliff face and, uh, you can kind of agree, you know, Hey, if we get separated, you know, let's, let's meet here. Let's meet back here. And, uh, you slam a knife into this rock and jump. If you'd gone here first, you actually get to see Roud and get a little bit of this kind of plot stuff yeah. about, uh, you know, finding out this collusion mm-hmm. um, between him and Luca Blight and you have to fight some soldiers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
And uh, it's it's a pretty good like th- th- that is a good introduction to the fighting because otherwise you would not have need to fight really yeah 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 and uh, after after you jump you get this kind of you get the opening credit sequence and very cinematic like you are opening this is a cold open mm-hmm. and uh, you get this kind of sepia toned um, flashback to training yeah yeah so so you and Jowie are like brothers yeah yeah, yeah more or less. you're kind of like being raised uh, from the shattered remains of. You know, these families that the you know that were broken up at the previous war. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah. And it, and that's that that's something cool. When we find another character um later later on, that whole kind of like filial tie, you know, yeah. the, the, the the sibling the sibling dynamic is real interesting to me. Um and I always like when a game, especially uh, a game from earlier than you think it would, um mm-hmm. uh, addresses that. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. But uh yeah, once those credits kind of end out, finish, they uh, you wash up on a on a river. Yeah. yeah, and you're you're found by uh, Victor and Flick, who yeah. are returning characters from Sweet in One. Yeah, and uh, they are with the city state, and they take you prisoner. And there's a lot of them asking, like, "Are you with Highland? Are you with uh, city state?" And there's a lot of tension, and just like, "Well, I don't know anymore." You know? <laughs> yeah. Knowing knowing what I know, like, am I loyal to my home or am I uh, going to defect? Mm-hmm. And that's kind of what a lot of these like early minor dialogue choices lean towards, one way or another. Mm-hmm. Yeah, trying trying to decide: Are you still loyal? And um, mm-hmm. You know, that, that, that is a pretty nice, you know, bit of tension in this kind of mercenary chapter, which is, do I, am I loyal to the people who, you know, that I was born under or, or am I loyal to the people who are helping me right now? Yeah. You know, because yeah. Victor and Flick, they, you know, they're, they're not presented as good guys at the start. You know, they, they, no. they, they are the nominal enemy. At the very least, you are a prisoner in the most loose sense of the word. Yeah. Yeah. Very, very gentle, like minimum security, <laughs> you know, white collar. Yeah resort mm-hmm. um or yeah. just the new chain it, mail yeah, um. <laughs> yeah exactly if, unless you know um uh like you know them from the first game yeah, yeah. And you know they're solid bros mm-hmm. so yeah so you're being kept uh, uh pole is keeping watch over you he's the nicest jailer ever and you have to do a couple of what i feel are pretty annoying fetch quests yeah yeah he's just kind of getting you to get to know the the fort Mm-hmm. which like there is every once in a while there are mechanical things that make you explore a place before it gets burned to the ground <laughs> um, which happens a few times in this game um yeah and it and i spent this whole time characterizing myself as rebellious to them mm-hmm. like i'm not you know obviously i'm not on the the side of Roud and luca blight but you know i don't want to be caught mm-hmm. you know that's why i was kind of like i just want to get home and, and you keep talking about your sister on uh, mm-hmm. how you want to get back home to see her yeah so that's how i kind of played it mm-hmm I did that as well. Yeah. And uh, this pays off a little bit later. <laughs> um, yeah. All the stuff that he has going around and doing. But um, yeah. Yeah, they, mm-hmm. they, they, they put you on a day pass to go get some flowers. So you get introduced to the world map mechanic as well, which is mm-hmm. just a world map <laughs> with yeah. random battles and shit. With, 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 with mercifully few random battles. Yeah. Like you can walk between two towns and not get a random battle mm-hmm. if you stick to the roads. Yeah. It's pretty great. Uh, I would say that the encounter rate in this game is is pretty top notch in general. Like not only are the fights pretty breezy, but I never feel like I'm just you know it's randomized with a with a degree of grace where you know you're never you never take one step yeah. and then get into a random battle. Yeah, but but it's not yeah. all it's not like Wild Arms where it's on a rhythm where you can say I'm going to be attacked now because yeah. you're moving at a, at a constant pace. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so I really like it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so when you get to uh, Ryubi, um, you uh, talk to uh, Leona, mm-hmm. and um, 
to get who remind me who these people are. These names yeah. stick in my head. Cole took the notes as yeah. per usual, and there are 108 characters in this game. Yeah. So, so it's, everyone, it's, forgive me about that. It's before you leave. So Leona's kind of like your oh, quartermaster. Yeah. Uh, she's the like the bartender lady uh, who you talk to to switch out all your stuff. It's like, well, you're you're going to need protection. Like we can't just send you out by yourself. Oh yeah, the, yeah. the kobold. Yeah. So you Dang get you, you get loaded up with Jen Jen, who uh, talk like Hulk. Yeah. And, um, yeah, and Tuta, who's a little girl because she just wants to tag along. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was thinking this was the uh, the circus people, but nope. you run into them at the actual town. Yeah, it's a little bit later. Yeah, um, yeah. And uh, once you get there, everyone's talking about this mist monster to the north, but we don't have to worry about that just yet. Nope. <clears throat> yeah, and then there's uh, you know you you go back and you clean up some oil spills before Jowie shows up to uh, to break you out. Yeah. Because Joey, and of course, I'm like, yes, I want out of here. <laughs> yes, please take me. These people um, are really nice, and they're feeding me and giving me a place to sleep. I know. Let's get out of here. <laughs> yeah, man, it's, yeah. it's like trying to escape from the Flanders. This is <laughs> <laughs> want some ice milk. <laughs> I'll take vanilla. I'll take plain. I'll take unflavored for me. <laughs> um, yeah, wintergreen is the other flavor. Oh, is it? Okay. It's not vanilla. It's wintergreen and unflavored. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <laughs> sorry, <laughs> that tickles me. Ah, the Flanders is, 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 uh, yeah, but, um, like once you're, once you're caught, oh wait, what is it? I forget, man. Like, the, so here's the thing about this story because it's not grand and sweeping and you can't say, oh, we uncovered the plot of the Cetra who were trying to raise the ancient race of blank blank, who were trying to raise the ancient race of blank blank because it's so like personal and like the movements are so tiny. It's kind of hard to keep them straight. When presenting them in a in a uh, in a in a you know linear form like this, I think so too. Yeah. Like, uh, and I, I'm a little bit embarrassed about it. And but it's still just some of those little details get glossed over in my brain. I know yeah. you try to escape, and you do not escape. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You, you fail at escaping. And uh, I know that happens. Yeah. And, you know, so. like you're, you're revealing a little bit more like you tell your knowledge. So uh, tell your knowledge. Good God, Gary. <laughs> <laughs> you knowledge tell. Yeah. No, I, I sound like some kind of like shitty Sunday school. Like tell your knowledge. We're <laughs> <laughs> like Starman. <laughs> <laughs> and OK, so for, for honesty's sake, for the listeners, uh, it is 4.01 p.m. here. It is 1 o'clock p.m. We don't have tiredness as an excuse. This is like prime Colin Gary time. Yeah, this is, this is just us being idiots. So yeah. this, this is, this is not our best performance. No, we, um, but you'll forgive us. Yeah, because, because if you want a refund, please take your receipt to the bursar. Gary, some people pay us for this now. That's true. Damn <laughs> it. That joke, that, that joke doesn't work. No, <laughs> not like this. We're sorry. <laughs> Yeah, but yeah. Uh, you, you you kind of share what you know about Luca, and um, they say take, like take only mispronunciations, leave only apologies. <laughs> Go watch out for fireballs, motto. It's <laughs> our epitaph. Yeah, <laughs> could be on yeah. our tombstones. Yeah. So you're starting to put together like with Victor and Flick because you say like you you motherfuckers came and burned our camp to the ground. Right. Like, no, that kind of sounds like some other dude we know. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And and you, you, you start getting these shadowy kind of revelations of Luca Blight, who is a great villain for this mm-hmm. because he's such like it reminds me a little bit of like Kafka. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, just in that like these there's not a lot of shade to him, at least so far, mm-hmm. where like he is, you know, 
actually thinks he's doing good. He's just a shithead, but he's a real reprehensible shithead. Yeah. And it carries over into his portrait. Mm-hmm. Where, like, he looks like he'd be played by, like, 1989 Michael Keaton. <laughs> you know, just like, nah. Like, I, you know, he just looks like a crazy motherfucker. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, the game kind of takes pains to show us that he is indeed one crazy motherfucker. Yeah. And we'll stop at nothing in his power and hungry quest. Some men just want to watch the town burn, and then that town, exactly. and then that town, and then yeah, that town. Some men just want to watch every town burn. That's his entire, like, <laughs> that is how I'm going to take over this this area. Because he subjugates them afterwards, mm-hmm. but he burns them down first. Yeah. Like, he's, he's like Stonewall Jackson. Yeah. 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 Ooh. Uh, yeah. Well, why did I say, <laughs> ooh? Yeah. <laughs> like, ooh, Stonewall Jackson. Ooh. A, lot, a lot of people died. Um, well, the, the Civil War is it's, like it's yeah, it's, it's pretty it's pretty cut and dry. He also we, did we just did. burn down a bunch of like innocent people's homes. Well, yeah, but we also like we spent ten minutes on like nine eleven in the last subject <laughs> suffering that we recorded. Like, yes, we did. And that, that's much more recent and much more <laughs> like tragic. Uh, yeah, much more tragic. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Yeah. It's, it's sensitivities are weird. Yeah. What what else is pretty funny is that uh, all those items that Paul had you pick up, uh, you're, they're used in this escape. Yeah, in a real like silly kind of movie thing, like MacGyverish way. Oh, we have yeah. flour. Yeah, exactly. It's it's kind of funny the way this game opens up because it hasn't lit off the reins at all lately. No. Like it's a very extended like kind of railroading in the beginning, and it only really does that. Um, you know, it it actually like it doesn't do that for quite a while. Like you can start exploring more freely, yeah. Um, shortly after this, but there's not as much reason to. Mm-hmm. So, which is bizarre because that's something like we criticize modern RPGs for a lot. Yeah, like for like not letting the reins off. Yeah, but, but then you look at like Final Fantasy VII, which doesn't give you any like inkling of you know agency until like ten hours in. Yeah. Yeah, and this is this is at least this is feels a little bit better than that. Maybe because of those little choices, and maybe just because the the time you're spending in the corridor is qualitative, additive, like plot and character developing time, as opposed yeah. to just random encounter time. True. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, just the thing that I made a note of, just personally in my head, it's not really a note, just a thought that I had, um, is that it kind of plays it like a visual novel in a weird way. Like, it's yeah. it's incredibly narrative driven in this in this early going, and then for long stretches as you get into it. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. Um, yeah, so so you're heading to uh, Kiaro Village. Mm-hmm. Um, that's your ultimate you know, destination. That's your where where you grew that's up. That's your home, and you eventually do escape. Like you escape, and then he does the thing. Like they're not going to expect us to try to escape again this soon, <laughs> and uh, and you actually do escape because they trust you because they're not really jailers. Yeah. And uh, to get there, you have to go to uh, Ryub. And this is where you're introduced to the uh, the circus troupe. Yeah, yeah. Um, Ellie, Renan, and Bolgan. <laughs> Bo- Big Don Bolgan <laughs> looks like a pinhead. <laughs> He does. Um, like, <laughs> he looks like he belongs to idiot. One of yeah. us. One of us. Yeah. Did, did you move when they were throwing the knives at you? Nuh-uh. I didn't either. I didn't want to. I was scared. Yeah, me too. I didn't want to. Like, what if it, that's, it just knife just goes in your eye and just, like, yeah, just credits with, like, in chiller font. <laughs> like, <laughs> um, yeah, I didn't move. But I, I like that little bit of interactivity. Mm-hmm. Like, don't move. And then you have the choice to move or not move. <laughs> yeah. Like, but yeah, she throws knives at uh, apples above your head. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which is a nice little uh, you know sidetrack, but you know you're discovering oh we're headed in the right you know in the same direction, so you might yeah. as well you know convoy up. Yeah, and uh, and you're heading through this kind of mountain pass area, and <laughs> did, to get there, did this, she blow this, it, dude? Yeah, I'm pretty sure that there's some three uh, two bit dick sucking going on in here because the arena, one of the the circus performers, like is like 
you know, well, you'll you'll list free here. Let me have a word with you in private. (laughs) And it comes back and he's all stammered, stammering Mm -hmm. and such. I'm pretty sure that she gives him a beach. Yeah. Like she, you know, she just says like, oh, you're you're at this checkpoint. I just mean we just had an adult conversation. Yeah. Yeah. Every an adult conversation (laughs) between. Yeah. It's very uh, fallaciac. (laughs) (laughs) Fallacious. Yeah, it's very fallacious, fallacious monk. Um, yeah, yeah. So she 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 takes a guard load. I don't want to know what he's doing with those rosary beads. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, so you get into this mountain pass, which is your first dungeon, mm-hmm. and uh, you're introduced to the kind of the basic enemies of this game. Like I love how every JRPG has like its early game enemies. There's always variants when you get to the later game, uh-huh. but every game has a it's kind of iconic early game enemies, and this, yeah. the ones are great in this game. Yeah. Um, so, uh, cut rabbit or cut rabbits, uh-huh. which are these little tiny cute rabbits with axes, yep. which show up a lot. And I love these things. Uh-huh. They're adorable. Yeah. And you know, it's, it, it's very merciful that the, that the battles are so short because I don't like the dungeon design in this game one bit, Gary. Yeah. I don't it, like, I haven't had too much of a problem with it. Um, I understand what you mean, but I think that that ran like moderate random encounter table is that, what ameliorates that for me. Yeah. It's not as bad as it could have been. Like if it was, if it was this dungeon design with Beyond the Beyond's encounter rate, yeah, that I, I, been, yeah, no, like I would have, I would have vetoed this. We stopped playing it. The uh, as is, like there are too many dead ends, and even you know in places where it doesn't make any sense. Like later, you go through some functional dungeons. Like oh, this is a sewer, mm-hmm. and, or like this is a castle. Why are there constant dead ends? Yeah, um, and you, I mean, you know, we talked about this before. But if you have a dead end, you have to put a treasure chest there. Mm-hmm. There's, there's no other. Uh, there's no excuse for a regular dead end in a dungeon. Yeah. And uh, this game kind of commits that sin a little bit. Yeah. It just feels too big. And, you know, in a game of this vintage, when I come to a, when I come to a, um, you know, a branch in the path, I'm always worried that the one I pick is going to be the one that you need to progress. So it's like, well, shit, I see, I like, I'm going to fight a boss there. So I'm going to have to go back and go to the optional ones because I don't want to miss anything. Yeah. So like, I would rather go to the dead end first rather than like get all the way to something significant than backtrack. And it's when you say it's too big, what I think it actually is, is that we feel we're so much closer or zoomed in yeah. than we are in, say, like, a you know, Final Fantasy four when we are just, you know, yeah, one square. tile. Yeah. You know, and this is the, we're, we're much more zoomed in. So mm-hmm. the dungeons themselves actually don't take up that much space, but everything is just kind of, you know, larger. Yeah. It's like the, it's like the Playmobil <laughs> Duplo blocks dungeon. Yeah. And what's what's sad about that is I love that zoomed in look in towns. Like, yeah. I, you know, the, 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 the sprite design in this is great. You actually have what appears to be like human proportions, mm-hmm. uh, which, which is nice. Like, uh, you know, just it, it, it looks different from the hyper deformed, you know, still anime, but it's not, you know, functional gameplay. Anime. It, it's anime, but not anime as fuck. Yeah. 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 Mm. I agree. And uh, having a little bit of a zoom out for dungeon, just so you could see a little bit further down a path mm-hmm. to see whether it's a treasure chest or a dead end would be really awesome. Yeah. That's exactly what I mean. Yeah. 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 Um, it's pretty funny because the first boss you fight is also the canonical square boss. Yeah. <laughs> yep. So you're in the mist dungeon and it's Radia's mom and it's real sad. No, it's just yep. a mist shade. You're at the top of a mountain and he, and he shifts forms. Yep. Yeah. Which is like a lot of the boss fights in this game don't have very much of a gimmick to them. No. That's one of the few that do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, that was something I struggled with in making the notes to try and distinguish them. Yeah. 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 Um, so eventually you make it to uh, Kiaro Village, and uh, everyone is talking about Raud's heroism, and you guys are considered traitors. Yeah. So history is being written by the victors, and uh, you guys are the scapegoats, you know, since you escaped. Like, mm-hmm. they couldn't kill you, which is what they wanted to do, so they kill your character. 
mm-hmm. um, by saying that you are the people who betrayed the Highland army. Yeah, you're spies. Yep. And there's kind of a fun little bit, you know, where you're kind of exploring this town and some people are like, listen, just get your sister and leave. And some people like there's like a person who's like, well, I've, I've got to go. And they run off like they're going to go tell the commander that you're here. And people get quiet when you approach. Like it's a really kind of cool scene. Yeah. Like yeah. unsettling in a way that it, it, it is not often approached. Right. Yeah. You know, like you, it it is this nice tension between returning home and walking into what is very obviously enemy territory. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So you're 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 kind of running around here, like you see a a kind of sad little scene, like Jowie is disowned by his family. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. From from House of Trade Days. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They 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 put him through the weirding module. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, and uh, it's sad and he it's, it's really sad he's like you know let me talk to mom and he's like mom doesn't want to talk to you and he's like well that, i guarantee you that's not true yeah you know <laughs> like you're and it's just it, it is unfortunate yeah so kind of sowing some tragic seeds for him that are gonna uh, grow into really cool stuff later yep um, and uh yeah you've got a note here that is something i didn't do mm-hmm. um why don't you talk to me about it since i didn't do it <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> so there's a recruitment that you can do here that's a lot easier to do now than later uh, uh, it's been a while since we mentioned the site, but it's very useful. Before I play, it's been a while. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, <God> damn it! <laughs> Every time. <laughs> yeah. so, so what is it? Before I play. dot com or dot netters? Just Google before yeah. I play, like I do every time, which is like a like a wiki uh, a wiki database that you know collects a thread like tips from a thread and something awful that is like oh before you play this here's some stuff to keep in mind. Mm-hmm. Um, you're just behind a tree behind your house, but if you go into the house first, you can't, uh, you, you, you can't get them. This is Muku Muku, who's a really like C minus, um, recruit, but it's your first kind of real deal recruitment that you huh. do. His quest is just recognize that I am standing behind a tree and kind of <laughs> Pikachu. Yeah. yeah. Oh, he's like a little Pikachu character. Yeah. yeah he's like a little flying huh. squirrel dude. He, I like, want he, him. Yeah, he God damn it. <laughs> he's a, he's kind of neat because he's long range. So you can put him in the back row safely. He he attacks. He's like a flying squirrel. So he like jumps up above the screen and then just swoops down on them. Aw. Yeah. And, he's, and all I can say is his name. <laughs> so it's appropriate that your your first recruitment is an actual Pokemon. It is an actual Pokemon. Yeah. God damn it. Why? <laughs> okay. Well, hopefully I'll be able to get Muku Muku later. Yeah. It's random later on. Just yeah. uh, look at a guide and see. Okay. Yeah. yeah I'll, I'll look it up. Yeah, if you guys go to that before I play, uh, I wrote all of the stuff that's in the Shadowrun Genesis one. <laughs> Which so, I then used in our episode yeah, without you realizing. Yeah. If you, that, that's, that's me. Um, yeah, so, so you, uh, you're introduced to Nanami mm-hmm. here, who's like, I, lo- I love Nanami. Oh, she's great. Like, yeah, she's really, like, she's anime and energetic in a way that's not annoying. Mm-hmm. And, like, I can tell that she will be in my party for as long as the game will let me have her. Mm-hmm. Like, I think she's really wonderful. Yeah, for sure. She's very um, energetic. <laughs> and oh, yeah. uh, she plays the uh, she plays the big sister role. Like, because yeah. she is your I don't know if she's your biological big sister, but she was raised as your big sister. So she's mm-hmm. real like uh, uh, protective and aggressively so. Yeah. Uh, in a way that creates good comedy, uh, you know, especially as you rapidly become the hero that's going to save the world. Right. right. And they kind of portray her as sort of like a tomboy mm-hmm. uh, kind of character is what they're what they're going for. But like, she's a really great character. Like, there's nothing, uh, you know, I think that it might have been kind of played for fun, mm-hmm. you know, but it might just be my modern, you know, gender politics sensibilities. But I'm just mm-hmm. like, yeah, fuck yeah, Nanami <laughs> yeah. Um, at this point. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, you got a note here about her uh, theme, yeah. theme music. Um, like, I the music in this game really washed over me in a way that, like, I don't remember very much of it. Yeah, I've, I've been kind of dreading like putting together the episode because I don't, 
I don't love the music in this game. Like it sounds really kind of generic, yeah. you know, uh, high Japan epic music to me. Mm-hmm. And I don't, uh, I don't remember very much of it. Yeah. Her tunes, it, it kind of has that, uh, it's like the tropical theme song. I think, mm. I think that was used on Yoshi's Island or like on the Yoshi Island of the Yoshis in, um, oh, okay. in, in dun, 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 Oh yeah. Yeah. Like that, that, that's her theme, which really stuck okay. out every time it comes in. I think that I'm about ready to talk to Mallow. Um, <laughs> well, thank God that's not honk it on Mallow. That's um, not happen. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, but it's there. Yeah, the music, you know, it's in an era that is kind of defined by like really distinctive genres for the music, you know, like even into the weirdo games that I like, like Breath of Fire 3 has that crazy jazz, like bossa nova kind of feel to most of its tracks. And um, mm-hmm. uh, Chrono Cross has that awesome Celtic kind of feel to it. You're right. It does feel pretty generic to me. Um, and yeah. it's not like offensively. So it's not like elevator music. But no. It, yeah. Well, and, and comparing it with something like, you know, other RPGs of the vintage, like those two that you mentioned, which are very, you know, kind of unique. And then uh, the, the Final Fantasy games that this is a contemporary with that have like wonderful soundtracks, mm-hmm. you know, so it just kind of uh, it's a little bit frustrating, even though I, I do think that like as Final Fantasy games go on, their soundtracks get a little bit worse. Right. You know, but mm-hmm. Seven has a fantastic soundtrack mm-hmm. and it was just a little bit before this. Yeah. So it's a bit of a bummer. Um, but yeah, yeah. So, so so Nanami's part of your party now, which is which is real welcome. You know, she decides to come with you. You know, she, you find her, um, you know, just praying over uh, Genkaku's grave. Um, yeah. You know, and she and she's you know just elated to find out that you're alive because imagine hearing that your brother is either dead or a traitor. Right, and she doesn't buy it for a minute. Yeah, you know, which I love. And uh, you have a, a joining attack with her that is one of my favorite things in the game, like <laughs> this uh, family attack that you do, which like is this it, the music stops and I just be like. And shows you doing these attacks, but every once in a while, she gets out and like does tea, yep. has tea while you just fight, and it just shows a series of still frames of her enjoying herself, singing songs and having tea. And it's very, it's legitimately the first time I saw it. It's legitimately funny, yep, and uh, and super charming, and I love it. God, just I don't know. Like this game does humor really, really well. Yeah, it's really, it's very charming. Yeah, like it is high on charm. Mm-hmm. And uh, and that's that's very charming. Yeah. And uh, and I love the attack that you have with Jowie, the buddy attack, which <laughs> yeah. ends up becoming poignant a yeah. little later. Like, oh, just a little bit. Yeah. It's like just like yeah. we're just buds. It's also really yeah. useful. Like you know, a lot oh, of yeah. those a lot of those unite attacks, especially the ones that attack all, are just a way to clear the board. Yeah. Yeah. Anything that can attack all is useful. And you end up using uh, for that first dungeon, you end up using tons of consumable items like the fire arrows, mm-hmm. just because uh, you know you run into groups of bandits and they're really fucking tough. Yeah. Yeah, I, it took me a while to wrap my mind around the consumables in this game. Actually, yeah. like I, I was trying to overcomplicate it. Yeah, I think, and it was because what's interesting because there's a trade off that you have to make. They have to be equipped on a character, but all of your equipment slots are generic, mm-hmm. other than um, your specific armor ones, and you can wear some armor in there. So, like, you have to make a choice between carrying arrows or wearing boots. <laughs> you know, it, it's a little it's a little silly like that, um, but it means you can give a character more utility at the cost of you know any at the cost of protection. Yeah, um, at any given point. Yeah, it's verb it's verbs versus stats. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, which is really cool. Like, it's a cool balance. And everyone just has those three uh, three item slots. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if you give, if you load someone up with healing items, they're going to be less protected and, and such. And you can balance that. There are runes that make somebody untargetable. And there, there are all kinds of things like that. Like, you, there's a lot of strategic death, yeah. depth <laughs> to that. There's a lot of strategic death. Yes, yes, burn the town. Yes. <laughs> well, we're, we're getting there. Um, <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but uh, we're captured. Like we're we're trying to make our escape, but uh, they 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 done got us. Yep, fucking rowdy. Mm-hmm. Yep, getting rowdy up in here. 
And yeah. uh, he, in a James Bond like fashion, he reveals that this is a false flag. Yeah. <laughs> like, like Luca really just wants to make a power grab, and he needs, uh, he, he needs to bring the uh, the Cold War hot in this weird flashpoint. And what better way to do that than to kill a bunch of kids and yeah, blame it on your enemies? Exactly, exactly. And you, that makes you think, like, that, well, we were thinking the Unicorn Brigade was dumb. Well, that's probably why it was formed. <laughs> you know, like, it was probably like, hey, let's just plant the seeds. Like, this guy's probably playing the long con. Mm-hmm. You know, let's start the, you know, the war's winding down. Let's give these kids some good experience. Yeah. And then uh, get them all murdered. It's like Junior Razzi. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Um, so you're going to be you're going to be uh, hung on your way there, though. You get a kind of an important scene with the princess of Highland. Yeah. And uh, and she, you know, her route is like, don't t- or her uh, advisor, is like, don't talk to these people. And she's like, I'm the princess. I do what I want. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I, you know, I tell her what the truth like. No, we did. We're not traitors. Mm hmm. You know, and uh, this comes back mm-hmm. a little bit later, too. Yeah. In a, in a, in a, in a satisfying nice, satisfying way. way. Yeah. yeah. Um, so you're going to be hung, hung, though. Yeah. And, and uh, uh, your, your buddies, Flick and Victor, they come to your rescue. Yeah, the, the guys who had jailed you <laughs> yeah. previously. Like, they, it's like, like, if only. Like, who, who might be some of the, like, just, I'm realizing, some of the solidest bros in gaming. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Fl- Flick and Vic are just, like, like <laughs> they're the best. Yeah, for sure. And you, mm-hmm. and you, like, you're given the option, like, okay, you know, the, the town is in chaos. We need to, you know, rescue Nanami. I don't understand why not going after her is an option, because no yeah. human would take it. Yeah. But, but she didn't need it because of her golden bird, holy flower, dragon tooth glory punch. Yeah, which is fantastic. <laughs> and when you talk to the people who she knocks over with it, they're all like, just, <laughs> um, I get that is another example of this game legitimately being funny. Yep. <laughs> Um, and also just endearing me more to Nanami. Like, I want a tiny plush of Nanami. I love Nanami. Um, yeah. yeah. So you escape to the south. and uh, You have to they, go you know, back they, through the dungeon. Yeah. Yep, yep. Buh. Buh. And, uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, this is where kind of where it opens up a little bit. Like, you get your first uh, your your first possible recruitments in Ryube. Yeah. Yep. And some of them are actually kind of good. Some of them are done. Um, one of which, um, there's a guy named uh, Ricky Maru who is a hungry boy and he has a quite the food tab. And if you pay his food tab, um, he'll join up. Yeah. And again, we're just talking about those ways that people can be defined. He is hungry. And every time you talk to him from here on out, he is hungry and talks about the food where he's at. Yeah. A good way to remember Rikimaru. Yep. Hungry boy. Hungry boy. Yeah. He's, um, he's real effective. He's a, a nice short range character. Really. Uh, he, he's a heavy hitter. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I n- never, I didn't end up using him. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll talk about our party compositions when we have more yeah, yeah. party composition. Mm-hmm. Um, there's Millie who uh, actually is like kind of a more involved quest for recruitment, um, where her groundhog has uh, been left into the, you know, is lost in the woods and it's worth doing because you can recruit, um, some other people in these woods. Yeah. Um, but you go here to uh, get the groundhog and it ends up being a boss fight <laughs> for uh, her groundhog. And, uh, it's just awesome. It's like super cute. And then becomes this big snarling, you know, tremors monster thing mm-hmm. um but millie's a shit character for garbage people like she, she's a really bad character like, kept, like her groundhog thing does double damage it's like oh 17 great you know like that's double her fucking damage yeah. and i can use it once per fight great yeah yeah this is awful yeah um, i don't like her sprite either her hat's dumb yeah yeah she looks like a valley girl <laughs> in, in kind of a weird way and this was also before i un- really understood the weapon upgrade system yeah and like the the weapon upgrade system is whenever you get to a town sharpen all of your weapons as much as you can and if you don't have enough money go grind until you do right like you need to be at the level of weapon at, at the town you most recently visited mm-hmm. and if so you'll be fine yeah and if you don't do that you're kind of in trouble so i kind of went 
fairly long into the game without upgrading all of my weapons all the way, mm-hmm. um, foolishly, and yeah. had to kind of a difficult time in, in a couple of upcoming battles yeah, because of that. It's like waiting three years to get your eyes checked. Exactly. <laughs> like, Whoa, this is what yep. it's supposed to be like? Yep. Yeah. Um, oh. Kinnison and Shiro, which are, these are cool characters. Go ahead and tell us how you get them. Yeah, because you, put it's a, a, you put a baby bird back in a nest and they come and yeah. say, you do that? You're like, yeah, cool. Yeah, you're good. Um, it's notable because Shiro is a cool wolf. Yeah. And, uh, and Kinnison is an archer. I always like archers. Mm-hmm. Um, so these guys were in my party for a long time. Yeah. And, uh, they have a pretty cool, um, United attack where they can attack an entire row. Like there are columns and rows. Yeah. Um, so that's the kind of way that, you know, both you and the enemy are split up and their attacks affect different, different configurations of that. Yeah. And they will attack an entire row. Mm-hmm. Or an entire column, whichever one. Um, it wasn't okay. until I got Shiro that I that I realized that the S, L, and M by by a person's name had significance because oh, yeah. he he was in the back row and like why can't I attack? Oh, he's short range. Okay, yep. cool. Yep, yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah. all these people are just kind of hanging around this town. It's a nice little uh, it's a nice little low impact way. I'm aside from that boss fight uh, to get more people um, into your into your party and then promptly never use them. <laughs> Yeah, for the for the most part. Yeah, for for at least for these guys. Yeah, um, you also head to uh, Toto and you meet Jowie's adopted family, mm-hmm. um, including the I would say the most annoying character in the game, uh, yeah. Plika. Yeah, who, like I want to burn down Plika. Um, <laughs> <laughs> what you're describing is personal arson, Gary. <laughs> yep, I want to send Plika to Burning Man so bad. Like, I hate Plika. <laughs> like, there's a way to do an annoying like or doing a cute like younger character uh-huh. in a game. This is not it. Yeah. Well, I mean, she, she has character development, but she she evolves into a different kind of annoying. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. But her, like, you know, she she moves the plot along because she wants to buy, like, get a birthday gift for her parents. Yeah. And uh, that that little amulet is in Muse. She gives you 50, 50 potch or gold yep. or whatever. Yeah. Potch. Potch. Yeah. <laughs> Zenny. Sounds gross. 50 z- uh, potch sounds like a, a euphemism for, like, <laughs> crotch something that would come out of some kind of crotch or yeah yeah, like you know i was pulling on some potch down at the bathhouse (laughs) it sounds like something that might be easily herniated i herniated my potch oh (laughs) (laughs) another episode of watch your potch (laughs) gary butterfield (laughs) yeah i'm not going along for that ride with you (laughs) (laughs) but you had to head you had to muse Uh uh-huh and of course, um, as soon as you leave, uh, Luca almost burns Plika down. Not quite, <laughs> yeah. but burns down Toto. Finish the job. Yep. This yeah. is this is an area where all the towns are named after bands. From you to Toto, and all the things they have in between. This is a crazy oh. radio station. Yep. Yeah, it's Jack One Hundred Five. We play everything. <laughs> um, yeah, hmm. but you, you you go to Muse and you get uh, kind of a glimpse at your first major city. Yeah. Yeah. And you meet Apple. Yeah, I like Apple. Uh, yeah, I like Apple too. Mm-hmm. Like she's a nerd, but um, <laughs> I, I like that she's a nerd, and she's your strategist mm-hmm. at least initially until you get a better one. Yep, and she's from the first game as well, and she wants you. She wants to meet Victor. Mm-hmm. My, my sense is, and what I've what I've read, she actually like grows a bit in between the hmm. two of them. Like the like, like she's one of the ones who gets the most development between the two. Hmm. Like apparently she was really annoying and uh, sweet so in one, but I could see it. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't remember, but I can definitely see it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but she hops in your convoy. I like how you have uh, your active battle party, and then also yeah, uh, people are just kind of tagging. I love that, because I, every time I'd run into somebody, they'd be like, I want to go. I'm like, oh, shit, why well, now I have to get rid of one of my characters? Mm-hmm. But nope. No, yeah. you don't. 
Um, so she's just hanging around being a non-combatant. Yeah. And some characters are never combatants. Mm-hmm. Like, not everyone. You have 108 characters, but not, unlike um, Chrono Cross, like, not all of them are battle-ready. Right, right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so you go back uh, through Toto and you pick up uh, Pilika. She's still talking, but not for long. Uh <laughs> And yeah. Uh, and yeah, you're getting ready for your first uh, for your, for your first big uh, your first big fight. Yeah. And by big yeah. fight, I mean massive battle. Yeah, yep, yeah, big fight, massive battle. That works. So so you you head back there. Victor says uh, he wants you to get this guy who's going to maintain their fire spears, mm-hmm. um, which is a weapon they've held on to. And as Master Sai, who lives up near um, Ryub, and uh, you head up there to get Master Sai, and uh, Lucas shows up and burns down Ryub. Mm-hmm. And we get to see his characterization in, act, in action. Yeah, for sure. Um, this game is very uh, mercifully sparing with CG cutscenes. Like, there's a little one of Sephiroth burning down um, Nibelheim. Yeah. But uh, but then it just go, quickly goes back into sprite work. Very yeah. disturbing sprite work of him, you know, forcing a woman to act like a pig. Yeah. Before he just kills her. Which is just kind of weirdly evocative in a way that, you know, games of this vintage aren't. Yeah. Like that that is a shithead kind of thing that like you know, somebody would say that is a little bit surreal and a little bit weird mm-hmm. and then making them actual do it, you know, do it. It's like an act of emotional violence that doesn't feel generic. Yeah. It's um so I, I really appreciated it. It's it's like a it's like a more pure, more like virulent strain of sadism. Yeah. That like puts him more in like the line of like Frank Booth than Kefka. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, I was I was gonna make a, a Blue Velvet comparison. Like that that is that is closer to what it is because Kefka has that too, and that's something we praised in Final Fantasy VI. Mm-hmm. Um, like Kefka, the scale is so big. Yeah. Like you, you know, regular people are undue ants to Kefka. Yeah. Um, this person like literally just wants to see, you know, people suffer. Right. And uh, I'm looking forward to getting further in the game and learning a little bit more about him because, you know, he didn't have to do this just to, no. <laughs> to you know, make his military coup, mm-hmm. you know, work. But, uh, yeah. In fact, it would have been easier. Like, he, like yeah. his his hands, his hands on approach to this is is really upsetting when compared to the, you know, the the, the scale of what he's doing. He yeah. can very easily just be ordering all of this, but he wants to see it firsthand. Yeah. Yeah. So it's building up a good hate on. Yeah. For this guy, too. Mm hmm. Um, yeah, so he does that. He does and that. You head back to the fort. Yeah, and yeah, uh, yeah you're, you're you're prepping. You've got your uh, you've got your secret weapon. These uh, the, these fire these fire spears, and uh, it changes the game. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, before though, in order to even participate in the battle, you have to do a duel. Oh yeah, I forgot about. Um, that. So it's the it's the first duel. So like, the way the duels work is you have attack, defend, and wild attack, <laughs> and it's uh, paper rock scissors. And your clues as to what your enemy is going to do is what they say. Yeah. And I feel like some of this doesn't come over culturally or translation wise because they'll just be like, mm, I'm not going to let you get away with that. And then they'll defend or something like that. <laughs> it's like, well, that doesn't that doesn't really match up. Yeah. Um, so ultimately, I end up getting frustrated with these and using a guide. I am not too ashamed to admit. Oh, so. Yeah, I just do not, what I not use. after this one after like uh, failing against the uh, the boat. Oh, yeah. Boat captain, like, a couple times. Boat dude, yeah. Oh. I, I I lost at this one. It's a, it's a game over if you lose here, which is real. That's a real bummer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, if I can't, I'm going to kill myself if I can't participate in this battle. Yeah. Damn it. I was um, going to die anyway. Uh, no, it's a... Uh, <laughs> so I just use my regular strategy for rock, paper, scissors. Just play whatever they played last, and I win. So Okay. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> yeah, but it's a way you get through there. I don't know what happens if you don't opt to uh, to um, take them out. I, I just... I, I really did not explore that that branch of the narrative. 
It so, might be a, like a but thou must. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so you're introduced to the first massive battle, and luckily you have Apple on your side explaining everything. Yeah. So it's a tutorial, and what I love about these first uh, this first crop of um, you know massive battles is that uh, uh, like failure is not only an option but mandated. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it, it's an excellent shade of gray between success and failure, right? Yeah, and it also it has um, the the power fantasy that you get. You know, in video games where your characters become, you know, shitty teens and become world-saving heroes is handled really definitely in this game where you are dealing with this army that is just overwhelming. And then through your goodwill and simply being a solid bro and you build your army and, you know, are smart with your tactics and stuff, it has that kind of effect of like, oh, these things that were insurmountable in the beginning and I had to lose to them are now, you know, a manageable threat. Like it has a really satisfying arc. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, but uh, it's running you through here. It's kind of annoying because if you take too long to make an action, like if you're just mousing over enemies to see what they are, because it's not readily readily apparent from the from the broad view, um, Apple will say, "Hey, dummy, select your unit and do a t- do an attack." It's like I want to learn about the battlefield, Apple. Yeah, yeah, no, Apple, chill out. Yeah, Apple knows that you're going to lose this battle. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So and, and she's helping you lose the battle. So yeah. The more educational part about this is that you're watching other, you know, other units fight successfully. Like you're seeing how these uh, different attack ranges work. You're seeing how uh, the fire spears work. And after mm-hmm. a certain amount of time, uh, Luca's reinforcements just kind of emerge from the forest that surrounds this uh, this fort. Yeah, yeah, and take the fort. So this place that you know you spend all this time getting to know gets burned mm-hmm. down. Yeah, um, this is our third burning <laughs> just for keeping keeping track. <laughs> Ding. Burn count. Yeah. Yeah, uh, you have to go in and you're trying to uh, pull Nanami out, and also you get uh, Pilika, who watches Luca kill Pole, and then all of a sudden becomes a mute. Yeah, or just an anime girl who goes Ugh. yeah I, about everything. Yeah, yeah. I I can't. Uh, I feel like a lot of the characters are very uh, uh, androgynous mm-hmm. in this game. Like I did not realize that uh, Pilika was a girl oh, yeah? initially, and I also did not realize that Jowie was a boy. <laughs> like Jowie, like I'm looking at uh, his portrait right now, and is a very, very feminine lad. Kind of glammy, yeah, yeah. And uh, Plika looks a lot like a boy huh. in this little little portrait I'm looking at here. I don't know, maybe oh. it's just like a little linguistic twist because her name ends with an A. Oh, I assume yeah. it's a it's a it's a lady. Yeah, yeah, oh. yeah. But uh, the only real refuge that you're aware of is uh, is is Muse, uh, which uh, you know you have to head there in order to uh, you know just try and get people on your side. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, and also just to escape. Like many times, the characters kind of talk about essentially, like let's just get out of here. Yeah, <laughs> you know, let's just stop this war because we're kids. Yeah, which is which is really smart. Like it, it feels yep. it feels it feels realistic in a way that you know, let's make our last stand in this shitty little village, which oftentimes you will see does not. Yeah, yeah. Like it it, it builds up that sense of danger, which really does uh, you know, a danger around the enemy army that does pay off once you, once you start turning the tides of these battles. Yep. God, it's really great pacing. Yeah. It's very good. Yeah. Um, so back in Toto, which you have to go through, which is a smart move yep. um, because it's the bridge city. Um, Palika leads you to uh, Genkaku's shrine. Yeah. And uh, you do this kind of little thing where, you know, she's like, oh, oh okay, I'll go through the door. You mute little idiot. <laughs> and uh, and you, you go through here and you run to a uh, Leknot. Mm-hmm. Um, who gives you and Jowie different runes? Yeah, um, you get the bright shield rune, and I think Jowie. I think it's the black sword rune. You got in the notes is the black shield rune. Yeah, but I think it's typo. the black sword rune. Yeah, yeah, um, the black sword rune. Mm-hmm. 
And uh, you can tell which one of those signifies <laughs> what moral alignment. Yeah, pretty much. And uh, yeah, and and you learn that you are uh, some of the true uh, twenty-seven runes. Yeah, or gems, or arcana, or what have you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Like the, specifically, this is two halves of the rune of beginning. Yeah, yeah. And uh, it's it's a little bit of a it's it's kind of goofy. Like both times that like Matt shows up, it just kind of out of nowhere. There's like, a couple, yeah. There's a couple supernatural elements in this game that are extremely goofy because the rest of it is so grounded. Yeah. And every time it happens, I just find myself wanting to get back to the political, military stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we're headed to Muse, but we're not allowed to get in because uh, they are understandably locked down. Like, have you seen it? Every other town around us is burned to the ground. <laughs> they probably just locked down against you. <laughs> like, if you show up and leave, that town's going down. <laughs> there goes the neighborhood, by which yeah. I mean up and smoke. Yeah, this neighborhood got really bad lately. Well, what do you mean by that? Oh, this kid showed up. <laughs> yeah. And burned down. It's like Dennis the Menace. What if the, what if the reveal at the end of this game was that you're an arsonist? Like a secret <laughs> arsonist and you've been an unreliable narrator this whole time? It's, it's like after the credits. Yeah. It's the, <laughs> like the whole game is the fiction that you've built in your head. Yeah, it's you in an asylum. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Must cleanse the world. Must cleanse the world. <laughs> True ruin of destiny. It would explain all the, the goofy supernatural shit. Yes, it would. Um, so since you since you can't get into Muse, you head over to a nearby inn, the White Deer Inn, which is a failing establishment, probably because it is a stone's throw away from a city <laughs> that also has inns. Yeah, well, it could um, be like a nice little quaint bre- you know, bed and breakfast. You got to get yeah. away from the hustle and bustle and enjoy some rural flavor. It's an Airbnb. There's a, <laughs> there's a cool cat on a, on a that's on a roof that's surrounded by pigs. Yep. Like, and I thought I could do something with. Um, <laughs> there are all kinds of, like, if, if you're paying attention, cute little animal sprites in improbable places. Like, occasionally, yeah. you'll just see a fox on a desk. Yeah. <laughs> yep. yep. <laughs> oh, that that's just my desk fox. <laughs> His teeth, they're pointy, but real small. They use them as a, a letter opener. Um, so this place is run by Alex and Hilda. Mm-hmm. And uh, Alex is a treasure hunter. He's looking for one last big score in the ruins behind his inn. And he, he, he has a, uh, I just never thought to do it before. Yeah. And and, uh, and he has a permit, which he'll loan you if you go with him. Yeah. 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 So, uh, you know, just just going in for a dungeon. It feels like a really weird break of pace. Yeah. Like, yeah it like it, it kind of kills a sense of urgency. Yeah. Like it just, uh, it, it's, it's very poorly motivated because like they, they, they build up stuff around the Sindar, but I get the sense that it's just like this weird precursor civiliza- civilization. Yeah. Like, it just doesn't have any real significance and any significance it does have is kind of endemic to this quest line. Yeah. And it's a pretty, you know, it's a pretty weak dungeon. Yeah. Like it's got a kind of a boring tile set. Mm-hmm. And it's so zoomed in, and there are a lot of dead ends and backtracking. Yeah. That's required. Like On the plus be- side, like, going through this and spending a lot of time here, I ended up being kind of overleveled, which was nice because I, this is the, the first boss that gave me a lot of trouble because I had not upgraded my weapons, really. Oh, yeah. So. Yeah. That's the nice thing about this. I constantly feel overleveled. So combat yeah. is never, like, I mean, it's, it, you know, some bosses are not pushovers. Like, it's not just a complete non-issue. However... I never feel like I'm making through, you know, making it through by the skin of my teeth. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, you're going through, like, it has two of the things I really don't like in uh, RPG dungeons, which are uh, water level manipulation and um, specific keys to unlock different things. Yeah. 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 Real bummer. But uh, you get to where the treasure cache is, and it's Doublehead, which is a big snake monster. I think uniformly the boss sprites in this are really good. Yeah. 
Yeah. You've also been seeing statues of double-headed snakes the entire way. <laughs> yes, you have. And then the characters still act surprised when they find a double-headed snake boss <laughs> at the end. Um, I don't even know if he has, like, a gimmick to him. He might just be, like, tough monster. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, uh, wait, you end up getting the true tri- This is Actually, this whole chapter is pretty dumb. Yeah. <laughs> um, the Sonar Ruins. Because you get to try, it's like, you know, the greatest treasure of all lies here. Yeah. And it's a healing herb. Um, the Sindar healing herb, which Alex like, this isn't treasure and like ah. kicks it away. And this isn't the greatest thing of all. Yeah. <laughs> and then when he gets back to town, his wife is super sick uh-huh. and is going to die and we don't know what's going to fix her. So you go get the, the greatest treasure of all true love <laughs> and, you know, re- revive his wife to actually get the real treasure. Yeah. <laughs> so in some ways people are the real treasure. Yeah. Yeah. A nice little lesson here. Well, wait a minute. Are people the real, the real treasure or the real monster? Gary, I, there's, <laughs> there's no both. consistency around this at all. I, where do we stand on humans? People are the real mimics. They're both. Okay. <laughs> where do we stand on humans? They're mimics. Yeah. It's when the treasure is the monster. Um, <laughs> oh, God. I mean, it's it's kind of funny. Like, as you're going along, like, Alex is building up a real treasure boner. Like, because yeah. there there's, like, poetry plaques around, like, what is the real treasure? Is it gold? Is it fame? Is it blah, blah, blah? Oh, God, yeah. it's got to be gold. It's got to be gold. But no, it's yeah. the life of your wife, you dumb shit. Yeah, the real treasure was at home all along. Yeah. Um, what, a, what a complete arc for this guy in the middle of this unrelated game. <laughs> Like, like, let's let's spend forty five minutes getting this guy from from the beginning of his character to the end of his character in the middle of nothing, <laughs> and then you can you can recruit him later. But there there's nothing to it. Yeah, he just hangs out. I think. Yeah, just a yeah, just a dude. He doesn't even keep yeah. it in. I don't think. Yeah, yeah. You had one job. <laughs> <laughs> He's a shitty treasure hunter. Yeah. No, he just gardens because all I can find is herbs. Yeah, yeah, good, good job, and just throws them all away. Yeah, oh, this rutabaga, <laughs> mint, mint. This, this, this isn't gold. Um, Goldenrod, what's this? <laughs> what's this horse shit? Horse yeah. radish. Um, <laughs> so the uh, so so he gives you an entry permit, and you have your little like story to try to get in, mm-hmm. um, which is dumb and bad. <laughs> And and your disguise, non disguises and bad acting. I kind of like uh, this. It's yeah, I, it's kind of funny too because it it you get caught, which takes you to Victor and Flick, which is all you actually wanted and needed in the first place. Yeah, like but there's you, you have an argument an argument with Nanami, Nanami and Jowie about casting. Yeah, yeah, and who's the better actor in the end? Yeah, yeah. And <laughs> I mean, I answer the, the only real answer is well, you both kind of sucked. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it'd be quiet like me. Yeah. Um, this whole thing, you could have bypassed that entire quest line by just like punching one of the guards. Oh. And you would have been taken. I mean, well, you couldn't actually do it, but like if you had done that, you would have been taken to jail and Victor and Flick would have found out about you and it would have done <laughs> the same thing. Like you just need to get arrested. Mm-hmm. But yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But uh, Victor and Flick bring you to Annabelle, who is now the yeah. mayor of this city. Um, I, I get the sense that she was involved in the first game because she knows a lot about uh, Genkaku. She recognizes your rune too. Like this rune quickly becomes your disneyland fast pass to yeah. uh to to the higher echelons of society yep yeah yep, yep. and uh, and her her assistant gives you a mission um to go spy on the highland supply camp and you it's important to see how much how many rations they have yeah because uh that's gonna say how long they're playing to, to hang out mm-hmm. um there's a little bonus scene here too which i know i already fucked up the second part of this i think yeah me too so the uh but you can find um there's clive and elza and uh, it's, it looks like it's kind of like a bounty hunter. Like you get kind of roped into it 
um, you know, where she's like, hey, hold on to this stuff for now. Mm-hmm. And then uh, comes to get you, and it's it's kind of a cool little thing. And I know that it's related somehow. And you can continue the story, but I like I feel this was all I saw of it. Yeah, this I feel is, like I fucked up in my research. This is actually just a really um, this is a really infamous quest because it's tied to your playtime. Like there are very narrow tolerances for where you can trigger these events. So mm. you can recruit Clive later, um, and she's great because she's got a gun. Yeah. But uh, but uh, like that 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 I think is as far as I'm going to follow her uh, follow her quest. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's mm-hmm. just kind of yeah. It's it, the time thing. It's like it's an interesting idea where things are kind of happening in real time, mm-hmm. but it also discourages exploration and recruiting other people and kind of taking your time, which the rest of the game kind of wants you to do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you go through the woods, which is a mercifully short dungeon, um, and you get mm-hmm. to the camp, which is a which is a neat scene. You see that they only have two weeks worth of uh, rations, which means it's going to be a real quick kind of a uh, kind of attack as opposed to a prolonged siege. Mm-hmm. Yep. And uh, Roud spots you and yeah. goes off to get reinforcements or something. <laughs> um, at that the, point, the worst possible spies. Yeah, <laughs> your former subordinates. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And and the reason why you have to go is because you're the only people that uniforms will fit. Yeah. Which is a little silly. Yeah. Um, and you can kind of hide in uh, the princess's tent. And you have this really awesome scene where, like, she makes you tea and you talk about her monster brother. Yeah. Um, Luca. And that's a really – I like that scene a whole lot. And she covers for you and Raud shows up. Yeah. Gives you just enough time to uh, to try and get away. Um, however, yeah. you are still spotted and Jowie uh, stays behind. Yeah. And again, you get a kind of a nice um, little bit where you can, when you get back to the town, you can wait for him yeah. outside with uh, Nanami. I and forgot you keep about the, that. Yeah. You, they keep giving you the chance to go back inside and say, fuck it. Um, but you don't, and eventually it shows up. And it's kind of like a nice little, like, you know, your characters are waiting and you are waiting mm-hmm. intersection. Yeah. Um, and it's got really nice colors, like it's at sunset. Yeah, it's it's at a weird perspective, too. It's kind of side-scrolling. Yeah. Yeah. Reminds me of uh, Final Fantasy Tactics a little bit, actually, yeah. like some of those cutscenes. Yeah, I like it a lot. Yeah. It's pretty great. Too bad that Jowie does what he does. Yeah. Well, we we had to find out more about that. Yes, we do. Uh, yeah. How far did you actually get before stopping playing? Uh, what do you mean stopping playing? Have you beat the game yet? No, no. Okay. Where um, Did you just get to our stop point or did you get further than that? Yeah, I just got to the stop point like okay. yesterday. I just so. didn't know whether you were dealing with knowledge I didn't have. Nope. Or not. Um, yeah, so, so you get there and you tell the... Uh, the, I can't remember the name of the mayor, Annabelle's assistant, yeah, who sent you on the mission. But you tell them that, you know, what the deal is. And everyone's kind of mad at you for leaving and endangering yourself because you're kids, <laughs> and that makes sense. Um, but because they only have two weeks, you know they're going to attack, and then they do attack. Yeah, yeah. So, And uh, they, they gather all the different, uh, the different city-states mm-hmm. to, uh, to kind of, you know, have a, a meeting. Like, hey, you know, these guys, the Highlanders are going to attack. And uh, you just get to watch this, this scene. And you get this kind of idea of the leaders of these different city-states, and some of which are seem like solid and some of which seem like real shitheads. Right, right. There, so. there's, there, there's a lot of arguing and infighting, and it kind of like passes. I know I'm going to see them later. This kind of seems like a little bit of an overture um, yeah. to, to some of the places I'm going to go. But uh, none of it really resonates other than like, oh, this, like, this place has no leadership. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly, and that's that's the uh, that's the idea here. Mm-hmm. So um, eventually, the Highland army actually attacks, and um, they're going to get reinforcements, but you have to slow them down. Yeah, which again, I love the, the success of this. It's not completely obliterating them; it's just keep them busy yep. while we get our shit right. 
Yep, yep. And uh, you find that Gilbert is a mercenary who's working with them. Mm-hmm. And uh, if you can damage him enough, he will switch switch sides to you. Yeah. Which is pretty cool. Yep. Which, again, plays off later. <laughs> yep. <laughs> like, that happens all the time. Yep. Yeah. Yep, yep. Mm-hmm. Pretty cool. But, I mean, you, you, you slow them down enough to discourage them. There's a bit of a lull in the battle, and uh, you're back in town trying to, uh, trying to, you know, get things rallied back together. And Jow is acting real, real strange. Yep. Yeah, he's, he's, uh, he's meeting, you keep running into him with this, this ninja <laughs> yeah. who can disappear in Kaje. <laughs> um, and uh, you see him, he's making a deal, and it's to get into uh, Annabelle's office. Mm-hmm. And uh, eventually you, you get... You know, you go check in uh, with Annabelle for some reason after meeting with um, uh, at the the tavern, Victor, mm-hmm. and uh, you run into, you know, he goes in there and he stabbed Annabelle. Yeah, yeah. Which is real sad because Victor and Annabelle were uh, working up to bone. Yeah, yeah. He yeah. Uh, he brought her a bottle of wine. I think that they have a, a relationship from the first game, Yeah, if I recall. Yeah. And uh, yeah, and Annabelle is real solid. Like, I like Annabelle. Yeah, even her, even her death scene is like really dignified. It's like yeah, well, like, do, let me finish this glass of wine, and she's it's a faint and yeah, like, yeah. like you know, do, do what you're gonna do. Oh wait, no, I'm gonna try fighting. Yeah. But unfortunately, no. So Jowie, something happened in that camp. Yep. Yeah. Yep. So and we will we will find out. I definitely don't remember. Yeah. From when I was young, mm-hmm. and we will find out together next episode. Yes, we will. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but Jabba's gone. Like he's obviously no friend of the city state anymore, having killed yep. its most prominent leader. And uh, the 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 army shows up in the midst of this. It's a it's a real concern. And this is one of those like you know let's let's scatter the party moments. And uh, yeah, and yeah, the 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 plan with Victor and Flick is hey let's just get south to Coronet and cross the lake as quickly as we can because uh, you know we need to put something between us and Highland. Yep, and slow him down at the very least. Yeah, and also people are still talking about like just starting new lives at this point too oh yeah yeah. like yeah we we haven't really been kind of balkanized yet yeah said at the beginning this uh episode and also this podcast are brought to you by patreon and you and your kind donations yeah if you go to patreon.com forward slash duck tv you can check out what we're offering um and support the show so if you agree to kick us a few bucks a month um you get some cool rewards and you help us uh you know buy equipment for the show and buy games you know and make this not cost us money and then also do exciting things like our upcoming live show yeah in about a month and a half now. Yeah, we're going to be talking about what that will involve here pretty soon. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I'm, we're, we're I'm, going to reveal it on the live stream. Yes, we will at the end of the month. So if oh. you if you back five dollars, you can the, the last Friday of the month um, we do a live stream. Yeah, and uh, it's real fun, and it also has added a new show to the network, Duckfeed Live. Yeah, yeah. Um, just go you check that out. It's in the listen menu on the on the Duckfeed.tv website. Mm-hmm. So that is patreon.com slash TV. Just a couple of bucks, uh, bucks a month makes a huge difference. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, additionally, if you go to duckfeed.tv slash tip jar, uh, you can buy things on Amazon, and that uh, benefits us as well. It is an affiliate link. Uh, click the link for your region, either the United States, Canada, or Great Britain, and uh, that will get us a percentage of whatever you buy. It doesn't cost you anything extra. Just like, hey, you know about Amazon, but we get a finder's fee anyway. I like the idea of it giving us a percentage of whatever you buy, 
by which we we own four percent of the DVD player you get, yeah. or like four so, percent of, of the, the PS3. Here's the crazy yeah. thing: it's always the power cord. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. So so again, get to ducky.tv forward slash tip jar, and uh, it doesn't cost you anything. Makes a big difference for us. Yeah. We appreciate it. For sure. Uh, so you head south to Cornet, and uh, when you get to Cornet, they're blocking all ship travel. Yeah. Which is a bummer. But it also makes sense. Control the ports. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And uh, your carny friends from before mm-hmm. are in the same boat. Uh, not literally. They <laughs> want to be in the same boat. boat. Yeah. yeah. They're in the same land. <laughs> as you. Yeah, the same terra firma. Yeah. So they, so they, you know, join up because they know you from before, and I, I assume they have the same opinion of Island that you do. Yeah. Yeah. Um, this brought something to light for me that wasn't really that much of a problem before when it was more linear, but, uh, boy, is the flagging in this game really shoddy sometimes. Yeah. 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 So like a lot of it is just kind of like, okay, you trigger a scene somewhere and I don't know if it's a matter of the translation or the uh, localization, but it's not readily signposted where you need to go to, uh, make the next thing happen. So it's a little bit like an old adventure game in that just, well, I might as well fucking go everywhere I've been before. Yeah. 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 And that, that's, that's really no fun. And, uh, and they could have really ameliorated that with dialogue and maybe they attempted to, mm-hmm. um, but it doesn't really yeah. come out that way. On the plus side, one of the, uh, the carnies is, is, is hot for you. <laughs> so, so, you got, so you got that going for you. Yeah. Hmm. Mm-hmm. What is it? Nina? No, Nina's the one that has to D. Um, it's the other one. Yeah. Yeah. The, uh, and essentially, um, you find two sailors who I think are from the first game, if I recall. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, and they, uh, you more or less convince them that like they will take their boat out of port, but they want to make sure you're lucky first. So you do this dice game. Yeah. Um, which I can't remember the name of, but that also returns from the first game. Hmm. I think the first game also had a shell game, if I recall. Oh, gosh. Um, as well. And I, but I remember it being like a fair shell game. Like hmm. I remember being good at it. Yeah. Um, but this there's this is a very simple dice game. Yeah. It's very well explained pool. too. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And uh if you, you have to win the dice game in order to uh you know for him to think you're lucky. And the the stakes are really high. I think you had about two thousand. Okay. Um right off the bat. Yeah. So mm-hmm. Yeah. And it shows up later too. And then I don't know if it shows up ever again. <laughs> I think it does. I think that in the first game it was an easier way to kind of make money. In uh-huh. this game, it shows up less frequently, but still enough to where it's not insignificant. Yeah. So. I, I like those functional mini games uh, within yeah. games like this. Me too. Yeah. Um, like, it's it's neat. Like, it looks cool. Mm-hmm. Um, and I like the I, I like how simple it is and how, mm-hmm. you know, they, 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 they really give you the rundown. I won it on the first throw, which was kind of a bummer, bummer because I wanted to play more of it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think you get a chance to later. Yeah. You know, just as a side note, you know what game has a really good dice game in it? Uh, the Witcher. Huh. Like that game, the first one I'm having, you know, I'm too bored to continue it, which bums me out. <laughs> yeah. Um, but the uh, the dice game that is in there, the dice gambling game is really fun. Yeah. So. Huh. Yeah, the, the, that that is a series that I've intended to dip into, but have not had the patience to uh, to undertake. Um, I'm I'm gaining my, girding my loins to just start with the second one, which yeah. like, I hate doing, but mm-hmm. it's like at some point life is too short and I just have to do it. <laughs> right. So. Yeah. Um. Just while we're talking about rad ass mini uh, mini games in the middle of games, um, Red Dead Redemption um, yeah, has fantastic card games inside yeah. of it. 
Yeah. Um, um, Gun had really good card games in it, too. Oh, yeah. And then, um, oh, gosh, uh, Knights of the Republic um, uh, had, uh, yeah. had, like, an awesome little, like, blackjack variant. It was blackjack with deck building. Yeah, which yeah. is very cool. Yeah. yeah mini like, games, guys. Yeah. Do them right. Yep. Yeah. good mini games. And then, of course, Triple Triad. Yeah. <laughs> one of my all-time favorite mini games. I, I am I am dreading the day we do uh, Final Fantasy VIII. Uh, I picked yeah. up the PC version on a recent Humble sale. And, um, dear God, like the, 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 the day we do that for this show is the day that I just take a vacation because yeah. I know I'm going to drop in a triad hole. Yeah. 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 And just for the music, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, the, uh, I wonder if there's like a mod like this. I, the only thing that was going to get me to play Final Fantasy seven again anytime soon was that, uh-huh. that mod that I, I read about. Um, for the PC version, I wonder if there's a mod for Final Fantasy VIII that does interesting stuff as well. I don't know. What, what did the mod on on uh, Final Fantasy VII do? Um, it's beautiful. Like all the um, the characters look like they're battle sprites oh, all the okay. time, and it's harder. So huh. it, it it makes like regular battles an actual strategic difficult thing. Oh, um, and like I think it reduces the frequency of them. Yeah. So like when you get into a fight, it matters. You get into fewer fights, but they actually matter. Like which that. is all I ever want out of a RPG. Yeah. So. Or have them be so over so quick as to not matter. Right. Or not, you know, so. Mm-hmm. As in, we get into the game we're talking about now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I markered that just in case. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So uh, they take you across the river down to uh, Couscous, which is not narratively significant whatsoever. Yeah. I always said Couscous. Couscous? Couscous. I say Couscous because that's delicious. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, um, but uh, your 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 primary destination is the Southern Gate, which is the you know the the town that is at the center of this region. Yeah, not and the south side, as would lo- be be logical. Exactly, yeah. exactly. And the, uh, the the mayor of this this uh, area is a solid bro mm-hmm. um, who wants to help you, wants to help out Victor, but uh, they have a problem with these missing children. Yeah, um, in Northern Gate, which is uh, to the northwest, and the uh, and Victor does not want to go back there. It is his hometown. Right. And uh, this is all stuff from the first game, I believe. Yeah. Um, and then uh, Freed Y uh, joins you, who's a straight-up nerd. Yeah. Um, His portrait makes him look like Johnny Five Aces. Yeah. Yeah, a little bit. The uh, It's like a less cool Johnny Five Aces. Johnny Five Aces is very cool. Um, did you recruit his wife? Yes. Yeah, I love I love that that pair. Uh-huh. Like she's a super nerd and they're nerd like joining attacks like that as well. <laughs> yeah. I never had them in the same party, but uh, I thought that that was just an instance of bad localization. But no, that was just very awkward dialogue. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I didn't realize they were uh, husband and wife until after. Oh, yeah. 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 Um, and then just another in our like, let's go do a an unrelated game in the middle of this political intrigue army game <laughs> thing. We're going to go on a little side quest for the vampire neck Lord. <laughs> <laughs> Who is not the Lord of necks. No, no, yeah. or necro Lord, <laughs> which would also make sense. Yeah. <sighs> and oh, like, boy. he has a very distinctive design too. Like, uh, yeah. like the red eyes and the teeth and stuff. I feel like I've seen him in other places before. I don't you know mean, if like, it's like in your bathroom mirror yeah. late at night. <laughs> no, no, I feel like I've seen him like in fan art and stuff. Oh, okay, he might he might be a fan favorite. Yeah, I don't know why, yeah, but <laughs> yeah, it, this is this whole thing is pretty dumb. Um, like you're introduced to some cool characters and there's some cool scenes. Like I think the cutscene that comes up um, with him playing the organ 
Yeah. And it shows up as really neat, actually. Yeah. Um, but this does feel like it's from a different game. Yeah. Um, so essentially, you get to the village, and uh, it's where you buried all your friends and family because Necklord fucked up your village. Like, it's a ghost town. Yeah. And uh, you think you previously defeated Necklord, but he's still hanging around, and you need the Star Dragon Sword in mm-hmm. order to defeat him again. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's real neat because, like, Victor reveals, like, oh, he personally buried everybody he knows and loves. Yeah. So, like, his characterization, characteriza- uh, characterization so far has been, like, this big dumb oaf. But, yeah. um, you know, he really does you know, have some depth to him, which is nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, you, you have a little skirmish against him and his zombies, which is just a, more of a narrative fight than anything. But you have to go over to the Cave of the Wind. Yep. Yeah. And th- that fight is optional as well. Is you it? can just run if you want. Yeah. Oh. Um, I, I did it, but then I ended up having to heal because I thought I could win it and end up using up a bunch of spells and stuff. Yeah. I had to go back to Cuscus. Uh, <laughs> um, so you have to go to the Cave of the Wind. In order to get there, and there are some some stones blocking it, which you'll now move out of the way. Yeah, and uh, you're kind of a small dungeon here, and you meet a Khan who is a cool vampire hunter. Um, again, like cool design, like looks cool, but like what is he doing in this game? Uh, <laughs> and he finds out, you know, he tells you that Necklord has the duplication rune, <laughs> which is why he has like life model decoys. Yeah, which is what you killed. I love the way he reveals himself just by stepping out of the shadow. <laughs> Yeah, for like maximum drama, like yeah. it's definitely on on purpose and. Mm-hmm. I, I kind of hope you get him back. Like he seems to be set, you know, set up to be like a late, like a late game. Oh, I'm going to come back to save you, kind of guy, and now I will serve you till the end. But I, I think I think you probably do. Okay. Um, and interestingly, the boss of this dungeon is actually the sword <laughs> itself, which there's kind of a cute scene where like. Victor is, you know, like you're just a dumb piece of metal. Yeah. You're just like super mean to it, and and the uh, the sword does not take kindly to that, <laughs> and uh, you end up fighting the sword. Uh huh. The sword that's like just a, a a reincarnated being. Like he was not always a sword; just like a shapeshifter. But yeah. he happens to be a sword right now, and nobody respects him because he is a tool, not yeah. like a you know like a douche tool, like a like an yeah. actual like an implement. Yeah, because he is an English implement. is weird. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh you beat him there's not too much like he can do a lot of uh damage to multiple members of your party yeah which is kind of the the gimmick thing for him but he's not too hard yeah it stretches your healing abilities like this is the point where i started realizing like oh my main character is my primary healer yeah which yeah. i like that inversion a lot yeah like you are a defensive character mm-hmm. you're a main character in this game yeah so. Which plays into his characterization, you know, characterization. Yeah. Why am I struggling with that word, man? It's a tough word. Man. Yeah. It, it, it plays into his modus operandi, which somehow yeah. is easier to say, but is also, you know, him as this, uh, you know, stabilizing force. Right. Yeah. You know, between everybody like he exists to serve the people who are gravitating toward him. Indeed. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so eventually you get back to um, the castle, which is another kind of straightforward dungeon. Yeah. And uh, interesting foreshadowing. Like, I did not expect to own this castle after this, but, like, <laughs> why am I not taking over the dungeons of everything I beat? Yeah. Um, yeah. And you get this awesome scene um, where Necklord revives Daisy, mm-hmm. who, uh, you know, Victor had a romantic interest in. Yeah. And uh, you, you have this little bit where you think, like, oh, what is, what is he going to do? And he straight up cuts her fucking head off. <laughs> <laughs> cuts her in half. Yeah, which is awesome. Yeah. Like, it's hardcore and, and Victor rules. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sees right through it. So it's, you know, it, it is a nice subversion of the I, I'm going to tempt you with what you want most. It's like, yeah. no, what I want most is for you to fucking go away. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. It's pretty great. Um, mm-hmm. I like this boss fight a lot, even though there's not a lot to it. The sprite is great. He just yeah. kind of stomps around. He's a six headed skeleton ghoul thing. Yeah, which I'm always going to be in favor of. <laughs> and uh, and Necklord gets away. 
and Khan leaves you because he's only here for the Necklord. Yeah, yeah. And of course, while you were gone, um, <laughs> Southwind now fell to the Highland Army. Yep. And Salin G, who is their uh, like lieutenant that you're dealing with for this kind of branch. Mm-hmm. And uh, that sucks. That does suck. Here, here's a question: since, since we talked about the Abomination boss, what did you name your army? Oh, uh, Unicorn. Unicorn. Oh, yeah. After after my fallen comrades. Yeah. I called mine Skeleton, which is great because it's all about, oh, the Skeleton Army is coming. And oh, that's pretty good. And you're going to join the Skeleton Army. Yeah. But I was I was worried that both of us would do the same thing and that would just be a little bit too uncomfortable. Yeah, I would be uncomfortable. <laughs> <laughs> so. No, I, I went, I went, uh, I did joke, joke name for my fort. Oh, yeah? But, but, yeah. <laughs> What'd you call it? Oh, uh, Sense. Sense? <laughs> yeah. So, Yeah. <laughs> I called it Bubbles. Bubbles Castle. Bubbles? Oh, after the wire. Yeah. And Trailer Park yeah. Boys. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so yeah. So, you, so you go back, and uh, it's it's a real bummer. Uh, so, you, uh, you know, have to talk with Apple again, because obviously something isn't working with the way that you're uh, handling things. Yeah. Like, like, I like how this game gives you that courage to just be a fuck up for yeah. so long. Like, you were just making all of the wrong decisions, and the game is making you do it. It's not like a, yeah. you know, it's a little spec opsy, but like, you know, you are just, you are a, an inexperienced teenager. Mm-hmm. Like, it, you know, plays into that kind of growth, whereas like at, near the end of the game, when you are an experienced leader leading an army, like, yeah. you do really come from humble beginnings. Yeah. That's something yeah. that I, that, that I love about Dragon Age 2, which is, mm. it is a game about what happens when you fuck up everything you come in contact with. Yeah. 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 Great. But uh, it's it's great because you call a mulligan. Like Apple says, you know what? I've been leading you wrong, so we need to find uh, kind of the better strategist that I used to, uh, you know, that I came up with, you know, yeah. who, who trained alongside me. And so, you know, the the game becomes about recruiting Shu now. Yep. Yeah. Who lives in Reddit Town, mm-hmm. um, to the east, and uh, you have this kind of long sequence with Shu, because mm-hmm. um, Shu's really stonewalling you. Yeah. And uh and it's it's pretty it's pretty intense. Like Apple, you know, literally begs him to. Mm-hmm. And you can, you know, either stop this or not, but she's just really putting aside all of her pride and just saying, Yeah, you know, we need this or we're going to fail. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm a little bit uncomfortable with how submissive Apple is. Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, and, it gets a little gross. Luckily not all the characters are. You've got Nanami to balance that shit out. True. Yeah. Um and I love how to get this guy you hire that like shady detective guy. <laughs> like he's got that sprite that was just like there's like two like super shithead sprites. Another one we're going home later where it's like, oh this guy's a fucker. Um Yeah. Yeah. His name is Richmond. It's just like a, like, hey Bob, what's happening? Yeah. The the uh the uh and so so the he you know, you, you find out a, a location of a deal and Chu says, you know, if you can find this coin, I'll help you and throws this coin to the lake. Mm-hmm. So you get this very long coin searching uh scene yeah yeah so, so, you, so first first you have to convince them to close the sluice gate oh yeah <laughs> which anytime yeah. it's like i feel like sluice gates come up in games or rpgs i have no idea what one is and that really may just be because of final fantasy 12 or one factors in hmm. oh also in uh, final fantasy tactics there's a sluice gate there too on the there's dam. A sluice gate. Yeah. yeah yeah what is yeah. up with jrpgs and sluice gates well, I think I, I get what I think a sluice gate is just a gate that lets water through and solids not through. <laughs> yeah. And then the sluice gate lets nothing through. Right. I think that's the idea. Yeah. So you're trying to drain the lake so you can get this back. Yeah. Which yep. I don't know if like this was just Shu being a shithead because he's a war profiteer or if this was him testing your ingenuity. 
It's him being the shithead. Okay. I think I don't think he ever intended to actually come and tell you show your tenacity. Yeah. So. Yep. But uh, you you do a little duel with Amada, um, and uh, you know, as opposed to the first fight where you just had to hurt Victor, you have to you know take this guy out. Yeah. And uh, he opens up or closes the sluice gate rather. And uh, you go down there and you're searching the lake bed and then you find it. Yep. And yep. And, and, and for a moment you think you're not going to find it. And Nanami says something like, oh, I saw him pocket the coin. Yeah. yeah. Like or and throw a pebble or something like that. And you actually do find the coin. And I can't remember how that actually shook out. Like, was she just trying to go home? I think she was trying to make everybody feel better. Yeah. Yeah. Like, exactly. Like, this isn't your fault, mm-hmm. you know, which is a nice little subtle bit. Yeah. characterization mm-hmm. but you actually do find the coin at the last yeah. minute which it's useless because also in that light he can see your rune and yep. he agrees to help you anyway yep, you just got to show him your your hall pass for for everything <laughs> which which is funny because like every like your reputation precedes you like everybody yeah. knows about you and Genkaku, but nobody wants to tell the story yeah well it, they start doing that a little differently yeah like even within this episode that starts kind of falling away like people just don't quite believe that a kid is has this but like yeah. if i were him you'd just be walking like rune first <laughs> you know and you're like rune here who <laughs> okay. wants to join up got your runes army i need i need an innkeeper i need a rune keeper i need everybody <laughs> just uh give me everything uh, now hiring for all positions exactly yeah yeah mm-hmm. um but now you have uh you have shu and you head back to the the Necrolord's castle, which is now your base. Yeah. How much time passes? Because when I was there, this place was wrecked. I I don't know. Yeah. You have servants and stuff there now too. Yeah. Like it's not just wrecked, but it's also fully staffed <laughs> with people who don't have uh, headshots with them. Like yeah. they're not people you've met. They're uh-huh. just generic people. Yeah. They, they, they are people who York would disregard. Yeah. Yeah. It's a little weird. A little, little bit. But I, lo- I love how the castle just evolves as you go along. I know we alluded to it earlier, but it's in a very basic state right now. But every time you come back, there's going to be something new for you to look at to the point where it feels like one of those dreams where you find a secret door in your house and there's yeah. just an extra like whole wing to your apartment. Yep. 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 But uh, this is going to be the, the, the center of your operations from here forward. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So you have this massive battle, and Shu says essentially, like they, you know, they're gonna have, they're not gonna have their full army with them, and they have a lot of their armies gonna be made up of recruits from Southgate. So if you can turn the tide of morale, you can get the Southgate people to, to turn to your side, yeah, and change the odds to something closer. I think he says like five thousand to seven thousand, yeah, as opposed to like two thousand to ten thousand or what have you. It's a good bit of characterization, uh, characterization for him. I need just need to avoid that word. Uh, it's, it's a nice little beat because he takes a hopeless situation and by applying numbers to it, he breaks it down into something that it, like they just come out and say, oh, I feel like this is possible now. Right. He has a cold tactical genius. Yeah. And he, he's portrayed as such in a great way. Yeah. Um, so he says, essentially, all you need to do is hurt the general, and that will be enough to turn morale. Yeah. And uh, the other thing he says is, like, we're on a peninsula. Um, they're not going to think of us coming from the sea at all. Right. But we're going to use the sea. Like, you know, they don't have—it's a landlocked country. They don't have boats. Right, right. Uh, he, he says the line, um, he treats water like an obstacle, and we'll use that against him. Yeah. Yeah. Again, very cool, like, cool tactical, sound tactical thinking. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So then you get to this uh, massive battle. Yeah. And it's pretty cool. Like, this is the first one where you can win. That's like, you know, it's a very limited victory. Like, they just kind of run away. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, defeat has been the norm up to this point. Yep. Yeah. And, uh, like, it's almost, you know, like, if you can just draw a little bit of the bully's blood, he's going to cry and run back to his mom. 
Yeah, that's, yeah, that's exactly what happens. Yeah. And uh, he's going to wish he hadn't. <laughs> um, so you get to name, you know, your state army. Like you have the rune. Everyone's just like, you did it. Yeah. You know, that's a really kind of shoe. But, uh, <laughs> you know, you'll take credit for it. Yeah. Well, it's, it's, uh, it's kind of neat because she recognizes, oh, I'm not a leader. Like I can, I yeah. can, I can guide you to victory, but people are not going to come to me. Yeah. And, I'm an and... asshole. Do you remember that whole thing with the coin? <laughs> like <laughs> it was like 10 minutes ago, dog. Yeah. Like every time somebody needs something from me, I'm going to make them go on this stupid fucking coin thing. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But, but, uh, he knows the power of this rune and, yeah. and he puts you up there. You know, he, he puts you at the front of this army. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which is pretty cool because you're starting to be really empowered at this point. Yeah. Yeah. And you're still not quite there yet. It does a real good, like, shades of gray. Like, it's not yeah. a binary thing where it's like, oh, I'm a superhero now. Right. Like, uh, people still don't necessarily believe that you're the leader, you know, when you go to the, this next town and stuff. And you have to still prove yourself. It's very cool. Mm-hmm. Um, you also get this nice little scene um, where Victor will tell you the story of your grandfather, yeah. of uh, Jinkaku, and uh, how he became disgraced, which is a really nice, like, cutscene. Mm-hmm. Like, it's pretty cool. And uh, it's because he was uh, a representative. He actually used to work for uh, the state, even though he was raised in Highland. Mm -hmm. Yeah. He was a representative and kind of like uh, at the linchpin of this whole rivalry, they said, okay, we're going to try and settle this with a duel. And Genkaku was chosen as the champion to go in. And he chose to throw the fight because he recognized that his blade was poisoned and he would rather be disgraced than dishonored. If that makes any sense. Yeah. Indeed. Pretty cool. Yep. And then for no particular reason, um, <laughs> Lucknot shows up. This was again. Just so... I am the keeper of the plot. Like <laughs> the there's a character in like a Neverwinter Nights because we were talking about. Uh, I was going to say because we were talking about skipping the first one to get to the sequels. <laughs> um, that character that shows up, that snake princess lady who just shows up and starts laying plot stuff. Yeah. <laughs> down halfway through, like it's the nameless race. Like, what are you talking about? <laughs> um, but. Yeah, she shows up and yeah. drops Luke off, who is in the fan service from the first game. Yeah. And uh, gives you uh, the, the you know, the runes that show all the 108 people. Yeah, it gives you your promise ring. Um, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> True love waits till you have all 108. Yeah, mm. exactly. Yeah. You have to wait 108 months before you bone. <laughs> yeah. So this is the point where she where, where you can kind of run around and tour your castle. Um, but there's also uh, a moment, like a new character uh, arrives. I really like Fitch a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Fitch is great. I like him, even though he does have that shithead portrait. <laughs> that just makes him look like an asshole. Yeah. Like, who's this dickhead? He's like, <laughs> he like just like has his hand on his palm, like you know, yeah. he's a real pretty boy. Yeah. Um, but he does seem like a he's a garbage guy, but he's actually a good guy. Yeah. As we learn. Yep. So he's from two rivers, and uh, you can't tell it's, if it's he... true river, which drives me nuts. Oh God! Like I always say it too. I always say two two rivers, but it's just two river. Let's call that a translation error because I'm going to continue saying two rivers. I probably will too. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But uh, you can't tell if he's just looking for a ride back or if he actually wants to establish uh, ties with this new city state army. Yeah. 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 Um, and on the way, so we need a boat captain. Yeah. Here, and we've met a couple of them. <laughs> Which is nice. And we can go recruit both of them as well as like a bunch of extra people. Yeah. yeah. Um, some of these people I have I've recruited that you have on the list. Not all of them I did. Yeah. So. Like we can hit them. Like if, if we go in depth on every single recruitment, we will have 108 little mini stories. Yeah. Let's, <laughs> let's not do that. Let's not. Yeah. But yeah. Um, like you do a Lamada again to uh, to, to yeah. get him to join. He's a guy who fights with an oar. So obviously he will help paddle you, I guess. Yep. <laughs> And then the boat bros, uh, you can play the dice game again. Yeah, yeah. Um, you can get all the people you pretty much mess, met in that last 
last little stretch of the game. Like you can get the detective, um, you can get Yoshiro, which is uh, Friedwise wife, Freedy. Wa- waifu, yes. Waifu, indeed. <laughs> yeah. And uh, Alex and Hilda show up. Yep. Uh, as as the uh, those innkeepers that don't run it in. Yeah. Uh, you can recruit uh-huh. the, uh, the the inventor Adlai. Um, he just, he, he requests items from you. You go and get them and then he just goes in a loop with them until you decide, oh, I'm just going to throw this at you. And it's like, ah, (laughs) I respect your spirit. You stood up for yourself. And then he builds you an elevator, which he is super proud of. It is his crowning accomplishment. And I did not get, uh, Ulan or Clive. Yeah. So Ulan's pretty great. She made her way into my, into my current, uh, like go-to party. Um, just because, uh, she, uh, is really, uh, like a really strong damage dealer. Mm-hmm. So you just have to uh, get a bunch of ladies in your party because you hear a rumor about these bandits that are just targeting ladies. Uh, and you go there, and in the middle of being victimized, she shows up and uh, uh, just lays them out. And uh, you ask her to join you. I love your recruitment tactic. Like, I would like you to join my group. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Why not join us? No, okay. Um, most of the time works. Yeah, yeah. Um, and and then you get Clive who I also like in my party because she's got guns, um, uh, by going to Southgate and, uh, just asking her, like you see her, she's a very distinct, uh, Sprite. And so Mm -hmm. you could miss her, but you just talk to her and like, Oh, she says, I want to go to Lake West, uh, which I think that's just another time sensitive part of her quest, which I just totally missed. So I have her with me. I don't know if she's going to leave. I hope she does not, but that's you're never going to Lake West. Yeah. Well, no, you, like you go there, like that's that's how no, you get I mean, to two. She's never going because oh, you miss yeah. the time. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, this is Lake East. The, uh, um, yeah, right now in the party, I'm using um, main character in Anami, um, Victor, Luke, uh, the lady mage from the circus. Yeah, yeah. And uh, one other person. Yeah. Maybe I'm not using Victor. Maybe I'm using the husband wife. Maybe I'm using Freed Y and uh, mm. and Yashiro. Yeah. Um, I know Victor, like, I like using him, but he comes and goes so often. Like, he's yeah. very he's very plot dependent. Yeah. 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 And he's also not that powerful. Like, initially, he starts out at level 20. And for a long time, you know, when he shows up, it's like, oh, shit, he's really powerful. It's like when yeah. Sephiroth joins you mm-hmm. in uh, Final Fantasy VII. And then now I've caught up to him. It's like, oh, yeah, I'm more powerful than you are now, yeah. buddy. You should have spent <laughs> some of that time leveling up instead of drinking yeah. all that wine and... <laughs> What's kind of crazy is so that like you know that there's some for for some quests you have to roll with people in your party who you otherwise would not have with you. Yeah. But if you if you take them into battle with something that is really high level, they will catch up to you in like three fights. Yeah. Yeah. And it's worth worth uh leveling up people mm-hmm. who you would ordinarily level up with according to before I play. Yeah. So it and it didn't tell me why, but it uh-huh. said like level up like 8 or 9 people to level 20 or so. I get a hint that it, I like I have a feeling that it has to do with uh some of those massive battles you're going to do later. I think so too. Yeah. Like you're like you're going to do a battle where you just have everybody. Yeah. Which is pretty cool. Yep. So I am going to spend a little bit of time just grinding, you know, put on a podcast and yeah. grind out some some bros. Yeah. In fact, I might do that later today. <laughs> yeah. Um so you had a two river and this is really annoying. Um like yeah. the, the beginning part of this is really obnoxious because a winger um <laughs> named Chaco holds on loosely. Yep, hangs on. That's not winger. It's not Hang on loosely? No, that's a 38 special, loose. isn't it? Yeah, it's 38 special. Ugh. Winger, or, oh, uh, yeah, Winger's a different band. Yeah. yeah. S- same era. They were both on Guitar Hero Rocks the 80s. There there we go. Yeah. Um, Chaco, he steals all your money he and your 17, letter of introduction. 17. He steals 17 of your potch, by which I mean there all we of go. It. Yeah. There we go. Oh, that'll work. <laughs> 17 out of 17. Yeah. Um, he steals your, your letter of introduction that you need uh, from Fitch and all your money, which is frustrating because there's a bunch of stuff you want to buy in this town and do and like it takes money to attach runes to people and yeah and unattached runes and all that jazz mm-hmm. 
So yeah, so yeah. It, it's effectively Yuffie stealing all your materia. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and it, except it goes on forever. Yep, <laughs> like it is a never-ending. Like nightmare. You, you don't get it back until the very end of the, the the area that we cover in this episode. Yeah, yeah. super frustrating. So you go chase him for a little while, and he just runs off because he's a winger and he's got wings. Mm-hmm. And you learn a little bit about Two River, which is this like loose collective of towns of different races. So there's a human town, a winger area, and then a kobold village. Yeah. And they're all kind of connected. Yeah. And when when you get back, you run into Fitch, and Fitch he's about to get lashes from Radley or Ridley, um, the uh, the kobold. Yeah. I love so, the care that they put into him snapping that riding crop. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, I just let that loop for a little while, yeah. so Fitch would get uh, just real intimidated. Yeah. Yeah. Make sure he knows who the boss is. Yeah. He shows up. Yeah. I like the politics of this just because uh, there's a little bit of like racial tension, but and by a little bit, I mean a lot. Yeah. Um, you know, just it's kind of crazy to see how that works um, in this fantasy racism. Kind of thing. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. The um, yeah, whenever I play like Dungeons and Dragons or something, whatever the first monster that actually like hurts me in the game, I always kind of make myself racist against. Yeah. Because it doesn't, it's not like, harmful or anything. I'm just like, fuck goblins. You know, like <laughs> I fucking hate goblins. Yeah. Because, um, like, you know, that character. It's a, it's, a, it's a monster. It's incentivized yeah. by the mechanics of the game. Uh-huh. So, yeah. I don't know where I was going with that. And I, I, I don't know where I was going with mine. Yeah. Fantasy realize, re- racism, I, you know, yeah. makes sense. But, I mean, it's interesting politics in a game that is about interesting politics. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. For sure. Yeah. So, like, <laughs> it's funny how this just peppers in, like, oh, I'm going to talk with the leaders of the city. This fucking kid is running around. And I just yeah. have to chase him for two minutes. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. It just goes forever. Yeah. It's, it's really obnoxious. And he just keeps like fucking around. Yeah. Um, like, I, like later when he steals your food, like he tends <laughs> to be you to go into the end. Like they're really trying to build up a hate on for this guy. Yeah. Um, and then they try to build up a love on on him and it's like, it kind of works. Yeah. But I'm still annoyed at him. Well, it's kind of funny because he, uh, he, like he says, Hey, I'd like to come with you. And there's an option. It's like, fuck you, go away. But yeah. Like, yeah. Like, <laughs> like you're actually like really effective at what you do. <laughs> you're a piece of shit. But I kind of kind of want you on my side. Yeah, I need you. Yeah. Um, oh. Also, his name looks like Chaco, which is funny. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. So uh, after you know, after he sleeps in your bed and you know, steals all your food, mm-hmm. uh, there's a change of heart between the kobolds and the humans. Uh, Ridley uh, turns away from Makai, the human leader, saying, "Like, yeah, I'm going to try and fight them myself." And you go there to see what's up, and you find out that it's because, uh, um, yeah, uh, Makai was going to sell out the kobolds for a peace treaty. Well, he find, it's interesting. He finds a note. He finds like, a there was, note. Like, some, yeah, yeah there's like a messenger that they run away and they find a note. So it seems like a plant for sure. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, um, you know, they, 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 they make a point saying if it's a note, whether or not it's a plant, it's still in my best interest to defend my people. Right. Yeah. 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 Really is a solid bro. So uh, the, the, there's a there's another chase because you're being kept out of the kobold village. Uh, Chaco leads you through the sewers. Yeah, after stealing Fitch's wallet. <laughs> yeah, like, which is he the last care straw. About your wallet, but once yeah, once Fitch's wallet's gone, <laughs> last straw. There wasn't um, that much in there anyway. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. And you had to deal with this this uh, sewer full of uh, land sharks <laughs> and stuff. Did you run into the the NPC in this area, Sid? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, real super creepy. I don't know what's up with him yet. I'm sure it's something because he has a headshot. But. I, th- I think it's a, I think it's a her. I think she's like a succubus lady. Oh, okay. Or, or a winger, like a like a like a like a dark winger. Um, I know that you can recruit her hmm. because I'm working on that now. But 
Yeah, I have not. Uh, I just went and ran into her and couldn't do anything with her. <laughs> it's just, like, okay, I'll back away. Just apropos of nothing. Like, I went in there a couple, like, a couple, three times, and the same thing happened. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. Real effective. Yeah, so so, so you're fighting off, fighting off a couple of parrot head land sharks. Yep. Yep, ton, ton, tons of land sharks. Yeah. And uh, and other monsters. And eventually you get to the boss of this area, which is the pest rat, <laughs> which is a gigantic horn blue rat and a pretty tough fight. Like, yeah. probably the toughest boss fight we've run into. Yeah. Um, so far, yeah, and it's only really hard because he 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 attacks multiple times in a row. Yeah, and he counters uh, physical attacks, right, or magic attacks. He counters one of them. He counters all of them. Yeah, I can't remember which one, but he he does some kind of counter, um, and it makes sense for like one enemy. You know, since you have so much so many characters, like one enemy should get probably get multiple attacks yeah. in this game. But it just it, it's the first time that's run we've run into that. Yeah, six is a really big party size. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and it's uh, it's amazing how they they do it and not have it be overwhelming. Yeah. They do a really good job. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's initially overwhelming, but you get up to speed real quick. Yeah. Yeah. Well, those little we already talked about it a little bit, but all those little design choices that make it regular whelming. Like <laughs> yeah, having the, the you know, the the party composition like kind of guiding you for that and then having the uh party advancement and stuff be relatively simplified. Yeah. Just ameliorates it. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, so you fight Pastrat. You beat mm-hmm. him. He has no narrative mm-hmm. significance except he's a gatekeeper. Yeah. And also what you're getting through doesn't really do very much. Like, don't you come out of the sewers in Kobold Town? Yeah, yeah. And they're like, what are you doing here? And you're like, well, nothing. And then you head back. We're going to have to ask you to leave, sir. Yeah, I was just looking for that fucker who stole my money. <laughs> um, still doesn't quite work. Yeah. But when you get back, uh, Makai is agreeing to sign this peace treaty. Mm-hmm. Um, because with Highland, because he does not realize that they are scum sucking assholes. Right. And it's just like, yeah, I, I don't want my people to die. So he's not necessarily wrong. Like he's kind of being a coward, but like also, yeah, you know, okay. My, my city's on a river, so it's not going to burn down. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's what you think. <laughs> uh, it doesn't burn down no. as far as we know. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, just almost immediately. I love how, uh, the, the, the little kid Klaus like runs up and says, I'd so look forward to doing battle with you. Yeah, like Klaus is a real funny, funny nerd as well. Yeah. Um, he's the the tactician that's going to be, you know, I think he's going to be the villain for this leg yeah. of the thing. And uh, they, they attack and you uh, you think that you're going to be fucked, but the uh, wingers show up mm-hmm. and the kobolds show up. Yeah. And eventually just say like, hey, this is our town too. Yeah. You know, I, I love how this is not a massive battle. I love how yeah. this is, you know, like like you are stranded here without your without your support lines. It would make no sense for you to like now. I will lead a kobold army. Like no, the the skeleton army is like way back there. Like yeah. you left them behind. So just let these other guys do it, and it's harrowing. Yeah, yeah, and and you your army has been sent for, but it's not there yet. Yeah. So the uh, but eventually because of this you uh, that you win you win out. Yeah. And because your army shows up, they actually retreat. And uh, you, the final thing we're going to talk, you know, the final thing that happens, kind of foreboding, you get a cutscene where uh, Luca Blight executes um, Salon mm-hmm. G from earlier for his failure and, and getting kind of wounded. Yeah. And then uh, it says, who, who wants who wants to volunteer? And no one's volunteering because <laughs> well, he cuts off the heads of people. Yeah, you see the HR policies here. <laughs> yeah. You have a problem with morale, Luca. Yeah. And by HR um, policy, I mean head removal policy. Yeah. <laughs> and then uh, Joey volunteers. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> So there he is. He's Dark Jowie now. Yep. Jowie has evolved into Dark Jowie. <laughs> and we're going to learn about all of that and more. Yeah. And you learn and, uh, where they're, they're going to Green Hill Zone next. Yeah. Yep. In a, in a shocking, subversive <laughs> move in video game linearity. Yeah. But, yeah, that, that will all be for next episode. Yes, it will. 
let's we get into how uh, since we can't really do wrap up thoughts um mm-hmm. you know just in general how how are you liking it where are you at with things i'm liking it a lot um the, the, like there are some points where it gets into the minutia where it's where i lose interest a little bit um mm-hmm. ask like a little bit of a slog to get through um especially like in the recruitment missions i know that like a lot of the recruitments are going to be uh important for building out the castle which um i i enjoy that however it slows down the pacing enough to where i i kind of i just kind of lose the drive to go forward a little bit yeah yeah but that's really the only like bad thing i can say about it aside from the aside from the bad flagging um you know we, we we've said it a couple times before but it scratches my like breath of fire itch just a little bit you know mm-hmm. and by that i just mean kind of a kind of a desire to see some of these non-standard jrpgs um that might be considered like evolutionary dead ends uh, yeah, to an extent. I, I love that stuff. It's similar to how I love any like seventies or eighties animation that isn't Disney. Yeah, like oh, Rats of Nim, sign me up. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not Disney. I'm interested in looking at it. The um, yeah, I agree with that. And the the what's killing the pace, like the thing pacing is really the the issue that I have if I have an issue, and it is because the rest of the game is so well paced. Yeah, and for me, rather than the recruitment missions, it's the shit like the the Inn and and Necklord. That's doing it for me. Yeah. Like it is not, and it's killing pacing is one word for it. But another thing is it's killing like a sense of urgency. Yeah. In me, like where it's like, it's doing a really good job of building that up. But then also, and I'm looking forward to the second half of the game where I hope that there's a little bit less of that as the stakes rise. Yeah. Like it's going to make increasingly less sense to do these little side jaunts. Mm-hmm. As, uh, as the Luca Blight's army gets more and more powerful and we get more powerful. Yeah. And like, so. and, yeah. The sense that Luca Blitz Army is like hot on your heels, that sense of urgency seems really important to me. You yeah. know, like just as something that's going to drive the plot forward. For as much as we laugh and joke about the towns being burnt down, like the sense of being on the ropes for the first half of this, like you're not on the chase. You're being chased. Yeah. You know, that's very cool. Yeah. Which is, which is unique um, in, in, a, in a way that's like disappointing about everything else. <laughs> Agreed, but yeah. I'm still I'm still excited to, to kind of finish up and see where it goes. For sure, yeah. So. I, th- th- this is a very positive experience. I mean, I can only you know compare it to the previous JRPGs that we've done for the show, and just uh, I'm, I'm I'm very excited that there's been so much variety between them. Yeah, and it's it's well, it's doing some things better. You know, for since the other JRPGs we've done for the show, um, you know, are all pretty big names. Like this game, this game holds its own and does some things better than those games. Any Definitely. of those games do. You know, which is great. Like they all have their strengths, but there are things that this game does the the best. And if uh, that I wish would not have been evolutionary dead ends. Yeah, like attacking at the same time is so good. Mm-hmm. Should just it should just be just just compress it. Compress what you yeah. can. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah. Um. So that's uh that's it. What uh um. So moving mm-hmm. on, we're gonna cover until the end of the game. Yeah. Um, presumably the uh, the climax. Yeah. And uh, after that, what are we doing, Cole? Uh, before we do that, I will say if you have comments either about oh, things yeah. that we got wrong or got incomplete or uh, thoughts on the rest of the uh, you know the rest of the game, uh, there's some uh, comments that were put in that were kind of about broad generalities or spoilers that I'm going to leave towards uh, for you know for responses on the on the second half. But uh, go to duckfeed.tv/contact and uh, send them in if we jogged anything loose or if you're just waiting uh, because we will want your thoughts for the second uh, um, extra sode here. Indeed. Yeah. Uh, but what we're doing next after, after Suikoden is uh, a little bit of a palate cleanser insofar as we're doing a split EP about Contra and Little Nemo. Yeah. Little Nemo, the Dream Master, both NES games. Mm-hmm. So doing a, a Konami and Capcom NES platformer. Yeah. Um, and kind of seeing those two different design, you know, design philosophies at work. I'm really looking forward to that. Um, it's going to have the best music of the year <laughs> of our episodes, I think. 
Ah, Deadly Premonition. Ah, <laughs> uh, Deadly Premonition <laughs> does have good music. Yeah. Um, we, but we, man, the, the we, music we, in Contra. And, yeah, for yeah. sure. Like we, like this has been a little bit of a banner year for music for us, actually. Yeah, with because the exception like, of this episode, <laughs> which I probably put in like the main theme and the town theme and maybe the massive battle theme. We didn't talk about this. The a weird glitch in Sweet Two where sometimes the battle massive battles have no music. <laughs> There's just no music. It's really weird. Yeah. Um, since I'm playing this on an emulator, I thought there was something wrong with the emulator. Yeah. Um. Anywho, um. After that, we are doing Half Life. Mm-hmm. The original Half Life. Yeah, I'm excited about that. If I, I would like to try out the Black Mesa mod as well. I know that's not the canonical version of it, but um, um, I'd like to do a little bit of a comparison. So if I can play this game twice, I will. Oh, you can. It's a short <laughs> game, if I recall. Yeah. The um, if, and and the uh, I'm looking forward to revisiting it because it's something that was obviously very influential to me, and then also to FPSs, mm-hmm. and then has also done some things that I have grown to dislike in games, which yeah. is like hallwaying and you know. Yeah, roller, uh, like roller coastering. Yeah, yeah. So I'm going to be interested to see how it stands up. Mm-hmm. You know, um, so I'm super excited about that. Yeah. And um, we have our next game. Yes, we do. Out. Yeah. So this is uh, a weirdo. It's an oddity, but uh, we're really excited to go into it. God Hand for PlayStation Two. Yeah. Yeah. This yeah. is available on PSN, unlike Suikoden. <laughs> I believe yep. for like ten or fifteen dollars, a trivial amount of money. Uh, if yep. you have a PlayStation Three or maybe a PlayStation Four. I don't know. Who knows? Yeah, that's fucked. Um, um, yeah. yeah. It's a, a, a timing-based, like a technical brawler Yeah, with a real goofy sense of humor. Mm-hmm. Um, in a way, like this would have fit in when we were doing like our Suda 51 Deadly Permission <laughs> era because yeah. the sense of humor in this game is, is really off the wall. I played it but did not get far because it's balls hard, mm-hmm. and I'm hoping to do better this time. Me too. Yeah. So yeah. we're, we're going to throw this caveat out here as quickly as possible so we can get in front of it. We may not finish this game. If it's as hard as it's legendarily you know, yeah. said to be. Mm-hmm. Like, I have not got that far. I remember stopping playing it because of difficulty when I was a younger man. <laughs> but now I'm more patient. We're kind of, you know, doing two shorter games leading up to it. Mm-hmm. So we can put a little extra time into it yeah. if we need to um, pretty easily. So I'm hoping to get get further into it and hopefully, you know, really yeah. do it. Really, make a uh, yeah, yeah make, a, make a dent. Yeah. And we have some stuff planned after that that I'm really excited about. But, yeah. um if you're curious for a preview, why don't you check out our live stream? Yeah. Yeah. So we're making two big. Uh, so if you back our Patreon at $5 or more, you can participate in our live stream events. We do those the last Friday of the month. And we're making two big announcements um, during the upcoming live stream. Um, one, we're doing another poll similar to the the game we're doing right now, the RPG poll. We're doing our autumn adventure game poll. Yeah. And I love the idea of these becoming annualized. <laughs> like we just need to come up with a genre for spring and winter. Yeah, we do. And uh, But uh, our autumn adventure game poll, we know the candidates. They're all games I would love to play and they're all games that are interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, we're also going to announce the game we're doing for our live show at uh, the Portland Retro Gaming Expo mm-hmm. uh, the first week in October, which is probably yeah. not it's a little early to start hyping that, but if you live in the Pacific Northwest, um, we'd love to meet you and yeah. uh, have you come out and see us perform live and come visit our booth. And we always yeah. make the booth interactive and it's a good fun time. Go ahead and hang out. Um, like, and strangely enough, like a bunch of people that we know are coming. Like, uh, yeah. I, I haven't told you this. I haven't told you this yet, Gary, but uh, Ben is coming. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. That's fantastic. I'd love to meet Ben. Yeah. Ben from the level. Oh, awesome. that's, that's wonderful. Yeah. That makes me really happy. Um, Braden Cameron from The Pitch is moving out to Portland <laughs> before then, so he's going to be there. Um, Nick already lives here. A bunch of the uh, uh, asymptomatic, asymptomatic uh, games. Uh, the, uh, asymmetric. Yeah. Asymmetric. I'm sorry. Um, I don't remember which games they made. I just forgot the name of the company. <laughs> yeah. Asymmetric people, so the video game Hot Dog and Video Game Taco uh-huh. people are going to be there. Last year, we did like a big 
you know, kind of half meetup, half like karaoke party thing. Mm-hmm. A private booth karaoke, like, you show up and there's, you know, a reasonable number of people. I don't see any reason why you can't join us for this super fun thing. Yeah. We'll do some kind of meetup event. Yeah. We'll, we'll, well. we'll get into the planning for that because I am yeah. I, I am getting more and more jazz for this as it comes along. It is yeah, it, it is frequently the highlight of my year. Yeah, it's very fun. And if you're going to be there, we'd love to meet you and, and I'll hang out. Yeah. We'll just hang out. Yeah, just, just kick it. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Talk video games. Go to ground control or something. Yeah, just go squeak it in. Yeah, let's go this weekend. Then. Um, yes, so it, it will be a real fun time, and hopefully you guys can make it out. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, um, check out that Patreon. We're able to do the uh, the the you know the live shows and you know games like Godham where we have to buy the game um, because of your donations. Uh, yeah. uh, watch that live show. It's going to be the last Friday of this month. Guest to be determined. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, uh, we're going to make those announcements, um, and there's more incentive to do the Patreon thing. Indeed, as well. Yeah. yeah. Um, also, if you want to, you know, help us out other than the Patreon, you can also go to iTunes, rate and review the show. Yeah. Holy shit, uh, guys! We've consistently been in the top fifty for the past two weeks. Yeah, we've been doing good, which yeah. is crazy. I've taken some screenshots of us outranking other podcasts. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> which I'm embarrassed to do, but it's just, and I know it's not going to last. Right. Like you know, but I, I've said it before. But I always get like it always kind of breaks my heart when it's like, oh, we're we're being outranked by like. The old Retronauts feed that hasn't been updated in two years. Or like, oh, Games for Windows Live or GFW Radio. Like, that is a better show. But it hasn't been around since, like, 2006. Yeah. Why? why? It's outranking us. That sucks. Um, so, yeah, we've been doing really good in that. And, uh, you know, people are listening to the show, which is great. And then rating and reviewing can only help that. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. Yep. Along those lines, uh, you know, just over the past uh, month or so, I've started migrating the network over to SoundCloud. Um, you know, each show getting its own little feed on that. Uh, so if you would like to share episodes, there's a nice little embed link there. And also those comments are time coded. So if you want to point out something really stupid that we said, you can actually put your play, your playhead at it and say, you're wrong about this. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> then we can go back and edit it as if we weren't wrong. And then jokes on you suckers. Um, yeah. Yeah. And you can listen to our other shows. Go to duckfeed.tv. There's tons of content there to read and listen to. Mm-hmm. There's infinite stuff. So, um, yeah, we really appreciate it. And uh, we've been talking for a long time. We have miles to go before we sleep. Yep. So uh, we'll wrap this stuff up. Yeah. Uh, Thank- what should they watch out for? Uh, watch out for extra long episodes, which tend to happen yeah. in August. <laughs> yep. And watch out for your town being set on fire. Yeah. It's a tragic. Very special thanks to Lou of Lou Reads Internet for you, Riff Connor from Video Games Hot Dog, Jenny from Video Games Taco, Braden, Nick, and Dennis from this very network, and Allison Baker, if not only talented lady who made a trailer for this very episode. You can find that in the show notes. And uh, thanks. Yeah, baby. Yeah, baby.
Oh, we're do gonna, behave, Cole Ross. Do behave, my mojo, my bad mojo, baby. Uh, but, 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 that's not my but, 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 bag mojo, baby. My wife. Micah Kane is my father. <laughs> oh, cool. <laughs> cool. Corn blimey. Corned beef. Corn blimey. Corn blimey. Corn blimey. Corn sarnet. Yeah. That's a pretty good name for a character. Corn sarnet. That is, that is pretty good. That's, Hello. <laughs> <laughs> Hello. <laughs> Here's my impression of Corn Sarnet. <laughs> Hello. Oh, I, Mr. Sarnet was my father's name. Uh, <laughs> just, you know, you know, people have been calling me Corn Sarnet since I was just a niblet. But you know, yeah, <laughs> yep. It's time to make. Hey, Corn. It's time to make creamed corn. Don't let the sun sit on you in this town. <laughs> oh, all right, I'll leave. <laughs> I, guess I guess I'm just gonna go now. I guess I'm just going to go. Okay. Oh, it was nice to meet you, and I'll see you guys later. Yeah, I would, don't want any trouble. <laughs> Seems like you guys have a nice establishment here. Lots yeah. of hubcaps on the walls. Corn? Can I, I want to get some of that high fructose corn syrup. <laughs> oh, very oh. well. We'll make love. <laughs> Is the corn syrup has come? Yeah. Okay. High fructose. It's because he's been eating pineapples. <laughs> Um, no, very well. We'll make love. Okay. But only after I leave this town because these ruffians are after me. Yeah. 